note, for maximum picture quality, it may be necessary to adjust the tracking control on your VCR. Recording! I am not too loud for once. Because I'm sleepy. Um, <laughs> I think they should start with... Dum, 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 dum. Is that you doing the Batman theme? Yeah, yeah. Dum, 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 dum. Where is Batman? Where is Batman? There is Batman. <laughs> That's all I had in my head when I was watching it. Ave Maria. <laughs> <laughs> what I like about that is he, uh, Michael Giacchino uses that in the Riddler's theme. Does he? Yeah, there's like little bits of it in there and stuff. <laughs> I just thought of Community so much. There's a bit <laughs> in Community when that character sings it. What about, um, you know, like we get all these Batman themes and people doing Batman music and stuff like that yeah. and the new composers come on and this one, I think um, he really, this really sounds like a cartoon theme. Like it's, it sounds like it could be like Batman the Animated Series or something. Yeah. Um, when is someone just going to do their riff on the 1960s Batman theme in a blockbuster. <laughs> Batman! The Batman! The Batman! <laughs> well, it sounds like we're already into it. <laughs> Corinne. <laughs> this is, and this is Adjust Your Tracking, a podcast where we have been on a hiatus for a ridiculous amount of time and cannot <laughs> do this anymore. But we're actually on a venture to watch a century cinema decade by decade, year by year. And I'm one half of your hosts, Liam Delaney, and with me is... And I'm Oliver Jones. Yeah, we had like a long sit down. We were venturing on for quite, you know, quite well. And then I just, I, we just needed a good three months long sit down. <laughs> good three months sit down, yeah. To catch our breath. <laughs> Just a nap. I've just been just napping for three months. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous because we we originally paused because I was moving house. I had a new job. I was moving house. But you moved to and, a whole new city. Yeah, I moved across the country. <laughs> and yeah. I just spent three months picking plasticine out my fingernails. That's <laughs> you did, How many music videos have you done? For who? Them or in general? General. The last three Gen months. Oh, in the last three months. I've only done two. No, three, okay. actually. I've done three. three. I thought it was three, yeah. yeah. Video a month. Well, no. <laughs> I started one in October, finished that in November. Then in December to now, I've done two. One was a very simple one that was just like a week job, and then the other one was oh, okay. like a, do a three-month dominating, like life-dominating <laughs> job. But it's my own fault, because I came with the concept and everything, so you know, I've got no one else to blame other than me. So This is a story we have heard a thousand times, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? I, think. <laughs> I had this concept for a video and then made it as hard as possible for me to do. Yeah. Well, no, like in my head, I'm like, okay, there's no space adventure in this, there's no hardly any green screen, blah, 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 blah. I'm trying to keep it really simple, but... My simple was I built every single room of a house <laughs> oh my multiple God. versions of characters and <laughs> about eight characters where normally I'd have two and stuff. And <laughs> so in trying to make it simple, you know, much simpler, I made I somehow made it harder. I yeah. don't know how that's even possible, but I managed that's, to achieve it. That's the Ollie style. That's, that's <laughs> what we've all come to love. And so, sadly, I didn't have Brandon helping me on this one, and he was helping my friend in Australia on his instead, bastard. Oh, stabbed Turn in the coat. back. Turncoat. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so that yeah, means you had to do all the comping yourself. As yeah, well. so it was kind of like instead of just doing like straight on animation for 
you know, a month and a half. I was like animating for a bit, then editing, compositing, and going back to the animation. And blah. but it, it kind of broke it up a little bit, so that was nice. But um, yeah, that's true. So I guess it wasn't just like continuously like plasticine, yeah. plasticine, plasticine, day after day after day for three months. So now I'm I've uh, cleared everything out. And uh, now I'm reorganising my whole office, and I've bought all, all new office equipment, and uh, I've been Ooh. putting all that together and stuff. So that's been that's been fun. So when can we see the music videos? Um, well, the the one that I did in October, November, that's been out for ages. That's for a band called Tritonal. Um, okay. Then Christie's is out now. Christie's the uh, what's her surname? Christy Reeves, so Chris Reeves, Christy Reeves. Uh, her okay. video Thor is out now, and then the Porn Crumpets video is out. I'm guessing sometime in April. I don't know. Their new album's out in April, so I'm guessing it'll be around just before. It probably drop with that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ah, but yeah, excited. tell us about tell us about your new digs then. Well, um, so I moved from kind of the Welsh border across the country and down to the <laughs> south coast to Brighton. Um, which is really nice. I really like Brighton. It's a really nice place to live. Uh, it's yep. much busier than than Ledbury. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's been a while since I actually lived in a city. A, a long while, actually. I don't think I lived in. A, I haven't lived in a city since I lived in Doha, and so that was like 2015, 2016 I left. Yeah, because even when um, you lived in Birmingham, we were in the suburbs, so we weren't in like a. That's true. Yeah. You know. I, but, Leicester, um, you were kind of you were were you near the city then, or? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. we were right in the city. Yeah, um, Northampton. I was right in the city. Don't recommend living in Northampton city. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm um, like when when I got back from Qatar, we were living in like villages and farms and and small towns. So it's been a bit different, kind of coming all the way to live in a big city again. And but Brighton's kind of like deceptive like brighton is a big city but actually it's really quite tiny it's really actually mm. quite a small city and you like you can easily walk across it like so i'm kind of up in hove but i can walk down to like the um the beach in what 20 minutes or something um if that which is just wonderful really especially when the summer comes and it's starting to get warmer now so that's really nice but and uh yeah it'll I've be interesting new- to see how you feel about it when it's the tourist season especially now that like <laughs> Well, COVID hasn't gone, but everyone acts like it's gone now. So uh... no, COVID's gone. COVID <laughs> is, COVID's finished. Yeah, we've announced that we're not dealing with it anymore, so it's gone. <laughs> so yeah, it'd be interesting to see what it's like when you're living there when it's like peak tourism time. Yeah, we went out yesterday actually because um, it was my housemate's birthday, and uh, we went for a hike. And because uh, we're getting old, that's what we're <laughs> well, old. That's what we do now for birthdays, <laughs> hikes. We got, went to hike to a nice pub, um, and uh, the train station and like the bus station, the centre of town was absolutely rammed. Oh. Um, we thought it was because there was football on, because there was loads of police there with like metal detectors and quite a lot of kind of like loutish kind of people, and we were like, oh, it must be the football crowd. <laughs> but um, I don't think it was actually. I don't think they, I don't think Brighton were even playing. Um, so yeah, I think I think it does get incredibly busy. I think, especially when it's warm, I think everyone from like London and surrounding areas just jump on the train down to Brighton. And so it can just really quickly get overwhelmed. Because as you say, it's not really a big place. It's just it's just a place where people head to. But I think it'd be fine. Yeah, 
Because you've kind of got like that long road that just goes along the coast. Mm. And then you've kind of got the main Brighton town that's just in the, like, obviously in all the Brighton centre where you've kind of got the piers. Yeah. And you've kind of got yeah, that yeah, cool yeah. shopping area around there and stuff. And Yeah, the lanes and stuff. The lanes and that, yeah. Yeah. I've never, I've never ventured past, I've never ventured past the lane, so I don't know what's kind of beyond there. I've never ventured into the lane since moving here, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've been seeing everything else. I think I must, I must actually go down and actually head into the lanes. I think I'm always like, it's the busiest part of Brighton, so I'll go elsewhere, I think. I just love um, that market they've got in there. It's kind of like a flea market thing where ever, like, oh, yeah. loads of different people have got different stalls and you kind of like, on one hand, you've got vintage comics, and then on the opposite, you've kind of got stuffed like animals. You know what you call it, like, um... <laughs> like plushies. No, no, like real animals. You know what? You call oh, it, like, like taxidermy. Uh, taxidermy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have to come down and show me places of Brighton then <laughs> that I don't oh, know. That you don't know. But it's cool. Yeah, I got like a. a I'm just got two housemates up in like a Hove, nice three bed like apartment, which is really nice. Like. Uh, um, yeah, it's working out. Completely new job, so that's different as well. So it's it's all good. And then and then I got COVID, and I've been sick for like February, oh. <laughs> like all of February. <laughs> like I, po- I apologize if I keep cof- coughing as well. Coughing. I got it. Coughing. I've been coughing. <laughs> yeah, I apologize if I'm coughing for all this because literally I'm coughing so much still. Like, which I talked to the doctor about, and they were like, Meh, it might be like six weeks recovery or something. Uh, just because they were talking about like the inflammation and scarring can take that long, and I was like, "Oh, Jesus Christ!" Like, uh, but yeah, that was fun. I got COVID on my birthday. Like, oh. <laughs> that, that's that's <laughs> when I got it, and I, I can lie to myself and say that you know, oh, you know, it was going to happen to anybody. But I went out to a nightclub on my birthday, and you know, and if you party with Gen Z, you're going to get COVID. That's the rules. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just the law. <laughs> I mean, just like. Some of the aftermath that you can get from COVID, like one of my best friends, his wife is in hospital, like really bad, like in a coma and everything from COVID. And, um, you know, it's about six, seven, eight months long since then. And, um, you know, her long COVID is like insane. Like she just goes through phases where she'll just zone out and like she's not even present in the moment. And she's like totally like lost in her own mind. And it's like, it's crazy. Christ. And I met someone the other day who denied that COVID was real. I'm like, mate, jog on. <laughs> this was a, like, it didn't, it wasn't a cold I had. Like, yeah. you could re- like, and I had, like, symptoms for, like, three or four days. And I kept on testing every day and I was just coming back negative. And so I convinced myself it was a cold. Um, and then, like, the fourth day, I wasn't even going to test because I'd done three days of testing. And the fourth days, I was like, oh, do another test just in case. And it came back with, like, the faintest line on that test. You oh, know? Like, yeah, I saw the picture. Um, which I, I kind of thought faint, it meant it was mild, but it wasn't. Like, the test <laughs> is, like, binary. you got mild COVID. Yeah, I thought, like, oh, look, it's a mild line. It's, I've just got mild COVID. What's um, full COVID or just the whole thing when, is filled up? <laughs> the whole thing goes red instantly. Uh, but, um... I was, I was I was fucked for like at least three four days or something, um, just in just in bed. Just my energy levels were zero, you know. Like and that was the weirdest thing about it. I had no energy. My chest was, like, all my head was hurting. I had like my sinuses were hurting. My chest was hurting so much. And it was really full, and um, I was just like like light breathing. Like and just even going downstairs to make a tea was like exhausting. My energy levels were just zero. 
and I'm still feeling that kind of weird energy levels. I'm still like, it's, it's I'm not right, you know, like it's still kind of weird. Um, but I'm def- I'm fine. But it's just like it's funny how there's like little bits of like after effects or something. So how did that um, work with your housemates? Did they have to like? I basically isolated, isolated for two weeks in my room for ten days. I think it was. So I just stayed they, in my did room. Did they push food under your door for you? Yeah, they would bring up food, like dinner oh. and stuff like that. Like, um, and other I'd times I'd in just a hazmat ordered... suit, just handing you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I ordered takeaway, and if they went out the house, you know, or if I went downstairs, I just like opened the window in the kitchen or wore my mask Pulley and system. stuff like that and things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pulling it, up. We got through it, and then like I was just recovering, like after my ten days, and then slowly they came down with COVID as well. No. Had they had it prior, or was this their first? Um, I think one of them had it prior. Uh, right. Um, but I, I mean, I probably gave it to them, but there's they were just like there's a myriad different ways for them to get yeah, it right now. You know. Like so. I mean, like so far, I haven't. Uh, you know contracted it but like I'm sure one day it feels like everyone's gonna get it it will rear its head eventually (laughs) but I just don't leave the house so you know that's that's (laughs) alright I actually went to see Hamilton the other week in uh, in London oh did you do you like Hamilton I do do like Hamilton anyway it's just jarring Caroline's obsessed with Hamilton so she'll listen to you know the um, what do you call it the the original recording um, quite a lot and she watches the one on uh, Disney Plus quite a lot. Oh yeah, so, it get, sure. so it's quite jarring when you see people who you're not used to performing the parts. <laughs> right. Doing it. okay. So it's, you're kind of going to get used to. Oh, that's not Lin Manuel Miranda in front of me. That's someone else doing Hamilton. And um, but no, it was very good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's really, a great really stage it. show. It really is. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's great. It's great. The um the the woman who played the his wife. Uh, I've forgotten what the character's name is, or the person. Uh, she kind of, I think, was uh, just, she didn't quite work for me that okay. that well. And the guy who played Burr was really good. But you know, like the guy who originally played Burr, he's kind of got a real soulful voice, mm-hmm. like kind of very smooth. This this guy had a more baritone kind of Gregory Porter voice, so it was a lot more deeper <laughs> and a lot more manly. And he was great, don't get me wrong, but it was just like, it takes you a little while to kind of... Well, Leslie Odom is just so iconic in that bell yeah. role. And his voice, because, you know, you listen to the soundtrack all the time, his voice is just so, I don't know, just integrated well, into that kind of sound. Like, well, he's he the best starts singer. the show, doesn't he? You know, he's... Yeah. But, uh, like, yeah. But it was great. It was like, it's just, like I said, just you have to kind of acclimatise to it once you've kind of, you're used to seeing it a different yeah, way so- a lot. I saw that on its first playing in London. Like, literally, I must have been the first month it was there. It was yeah. so early. Um, because I just, I'd had that soundtrack on repeat for, like, since it started in America. Like, um, just waiting for, like, England tickets to come out. So, Yeah, the guy who played Burr actually wasn't the, isn't the one who's mainly playing Burr. He was, like, the, I don't know if he's the main understudy, but this, the guy we had, I was like looking on his uh, Twitter feed. I've forgotten his name, but it it seemed like he, like if a if a a cast member contracts COVID or is ill or whatever, he will fill in for whichever. He even did um, George, uh, uh, King George as well and stuff like that. So he's done all the different roles and oh weird, like filling in and stuff. Yeah, a COVID like, stand-in. 
<laughs> yeah, I just I think like there's a main stand-in for like maybe Hamilton, but like I don't know if they've kind of got a one guy or woman or whatever that kind of. And like when I was looking on the Twitter feed as well for Hamilton, it looks like the women switch around their roles as well. Oh, that's kind of so, fun though. Yeah, keeps it a bit fresh for them, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, we drove down as well, so we drove to London and drove back again. Don't know if I'll do that again, but oh, that's a I bit ha- much. I just hate public transport, though. I'm just <laughs> getting enough. crotchety in my old age. <laughs> I'd rather be a traffic jam in my own car than sit in a cram train. So, talking of not movies yet, shall we talk about movies? This sure, that's what podcast good. is meant to be about. Yeah, like, movies. Movies. Those movies. Yeah, so we thought we'd just do a small podcast to catch up and say, hey, we're alive. Um, <laughs> we're not dead. <laughs> not Liam dead. almost died. But. <laughs> yeah, almost. Um, we are planning to uh, continue on our series soon, digging into the 1930s we got lined up. Uh, we got some yeah, good films Which we started in September or October. Yeah, I think we did a Halloween episode, didn't that we? Was it, a Halloween, 1930s yeah. film, yeah. So that was forever ago. And um, we'll... Um, did we do a Christmas episode this year? We didn't, did we? Yeah, we did. We did. Uh, we did. Uh, Babes in Toyland. Oh my god! Yeah, I, forgot. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Good episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're going to continue on our nineteen thirties like uh, kind of path soon. Uh, we'll start recording them in a bit, and uh, not in a bit, as in you know whatever and uh <laughs> but um for a moment we thought we'd just catch up have a bit of chat about movies that have come out since we last chatted and podcasted and uh one in particular we'll talk about because there's one film that's come out that mr oliver jones is obsessed with <laughs> <laughs> but um, i thought um go, go on i was gonna say so like should we go back to two, 2021 and talk about what some of our favorite films from we've got to go back to 2021 yeah time travel yeah I've got um, I can do my top 10 actually that'd be fun Uh, so I I organised that because it is awards season after all yes yes. and um, I have got some I have got a few that I won't have seen yet there's actually annoyingly I've got a couple I'm seeing this week which will probably sneak its way into 2021 but um, because release schedules are annoying so I haven't seen um souvenir part two yet i haven't seen worst person in the world yet and i haven't seen wheel of fortune and fantasy yet and i can imagine mm-hmm. they might sneak in especially worst person in the world it really sounds like my type of film oh, i haven't seen memoria either yet but i'm not seeing that this week <laughs> um but uh yeah my top 10 uh, i got at number 10 benedetta <laughs> did you oh, see yeah. benedetta no but that's the uh, Paul Verhoeven. Verhoeven. Yeah, yeah, I do want to so see. So good, so good. Some nuns, sexy nuns. Sexy nuns <laughs> can't be sexy. Nuns on the run. Nuns on the run. Being the being the best one. Uh, number nine. Uh, we talked about him already, Mister Lin Manuel. I got Tick mm-hmm. Tick Boom, which I think is a fantastic adaptation, ah, which yes. I've been telling everyone I can see to watch it. Like um, Andrew Garfield is absolutely spectacular in it. Really, really is. Yeah, I don't know if you got around to watching that either. We'll see how many. No, I, 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 I will. I'll explain. I'll, I'll talk about my what I've watched and why I haven't okay. watched stuff in a bit. Uh, number eight is Bergman Island, uh, directed mm-hmm. by Mia Hansen Love. 
I fucking loved that film. I lo- I just love the kind of sense of it and the like the loneliness of the kind of creative process and the weird thing they do in it about introducing like the kind of story she's writing into it. It's just wonderful kind of like narrative. I was really 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 love that film. Um, number seven is not loading for me yet. <laughs> there we go. Number seven is Detan, uh, the Palm Dawn winner. Fucking wild film. Uh, fucking absolutely wild. Uh, number eight uh, number eight Parallel Mothers uh, the new uh, Pedro Almodovar film oh yeah yeah uh, yeah uh, Penelope Cruz is just spectacular in it I uh, hope she wins the Oscar um, and I've been really trying to get into like Pedro Almodovar actually in the mm-hmm. in the three months we got off I've been trying to catch up with his movies and so this one, this one new coming out was really exciting to me. And the story is absolutely not what I thought it was going to... I didn't really know anything about the film. I just knew it was about two women that gave birth at the same time, were pregnant at the same time. That's all I knew. Um, she, and, um, she's an actress that, like, the West, like American filmmakers just don't know what to do with her for some reason. They do not fucking know how to use her. Because, yeah, she's, she's, because she's gorgeous, they want to cast yeah. her, obviously. But like she's an amazing actress, and like she's, she's just stunning. put, she's just put in like garbage, like Pirates of the Caribbean and stuff. It's like G force, guys. Yeah, it's like come on, guys. Like, and like, honestly, like like Volva, she is just yeah, amazing, out of the world in that film. Uh, and um, and the same with like, all about my mother, even though it's a smaller role. But like, and Parallel Mother is another like Volva esque kind of performance for me. It's she's dominating in it, and just I can't recommend that more. It's absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't want to say anything about the plot because I just did not expect where it was going. Uh, number five, Pig. Fucking yeah, great. Pig. That was great. Pig. Pig was great. so good. Nick the Cage fucking rules. Like Nick the Cage. So, Nick Nick Nick's the Cage. I can't Nick's speak. The cage. It's been too long. I can't speak anymore. <laughs> Um, I, well, we always talk about Nick Cage so I really quickly wanted to say like um, we love his kind of gonzo performances and stuff like that Like that, we, we love those type of films we all go out to watch like a gonzo Nick Cage but um, him doing this kind of quieter kind of studied performance is also fantastic I don't want to say one's better than the other they're both good I just it was really it's really delightful to see him do this yeah um, number four West Side Story. Yeah. Uh, a film which Brandon didn't like, so he's not welcome back <laughs> on the podcast. I um, love the original. <laughs> it's amazing, the original. Yeah. I, 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 um, I, when I sat down to watch West Side Story in the cinema, I was just blown away by it. Um, it's a film I, I, I wish people could just go see in the cinema. It's because it's just perfect for it. It's Steven Spielberg absolutely just showing off. Um, Who just... Did- who did the music for this version though? So obviously I know who did the the original music, but like, is there anyone who's like? Yeah, I think it's still just credited to Bernstein. I don't it know is if, okay. Um, I didn't know if yeah. like they got a different like because I'm trying to think what film it was that. I think Sweeney Todd. I'm thinking of where they got another composer to kind of, not composer, but like someone to oh, kind okay. of reinterpret it. But I didn't know if they did something like that. I think most of the reinterpreting from this has come from the Kush, Tony Kushner, you know, Steven Spielberg's, like, uh, writer. Um, yeah. And he's, where he's moved the songs around, given other people, like, some songs and stuff like that that weren't in the original, like, um, reframed some of the kind of narrative on it, reframed the trans character beautifully. Um, mm-hmm. 
uh, that kind of stuff I think is really really smart and I think I, th- I really think that's one of my like adaptation kind of awards this year I just think he's done a fantastic job of, of actually adapting it and I don't accept this like there's no point remaking it crap like because we're about to talk about fucking Batman you know exactly. Spider-Man just well, came out there's no reason why films well, can't be adapted and West Side Story is like, based on Romeo and Juliet which talk. is <laughs> which is like one of the stories that's been retold so many times so why not yeah why not and like musicals kind of exist theatre kind of exists as something to reinterpret and replay and to re-put on stage and re, re like re 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 kind of you know stage in a theatre and there's no reason why that can't be translated to film in the same way yeah, that yeah. someone comes along and restages it for a modern audience. That's fine. But it's, um, but it's like an artist redoing a song, like covering a song yeah. or something like that, and updating it or changing it and stuff. So I don't, I, I don't, I don't just don't get that <laughs> argument. No, I don't get yeah. argument at all. Uh, it seems really kind of elitist actually, um, and. Honestly, Steven Spielberg's having so much fun with it. Well, it's just uh, gatekeeping, isn't it, at the end of the day? And yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number three. I'm going to put Matrix at number three. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Matrix Resurrections. I, I know you love that, so I'm not going to... I won't poo-poo you. I know, I know. I, I, I had a transformative fucking experience with that film. I saw it twice <laughs> at the cinema. I fucking adore it. Um Number four? No, no, sorry. Number two? <laughs> I can't even count. <laughs> Drive My Car. One of the most spectacular films I've seen this year. Uh, it's apps. I, I am was didn't know what to expect from it. All I knew it was an adaptation, uh, and of of short, basically a tiny story um, that he manages to stretch into this uh, three hour like emotional epic. Is that the uh, Japanese film? Yeah, directed by uh, Rizuki Hamaguchi. Um, something right. like that. Uh, so it's a, it's about um, it's about an actor and director who's ad- ad- adapting um, Uncle Vanya in Japan, and he's trying to do like a special kind of way of adapting that with different kind of uh, different type people speaking different languages and different ways of talking and things. But it's also about his kind of grief over like the loss of his wife. Um, I think the I think the moment of watching this film and the opening credits came in forty minutes into the film, I, <laughs> it was one of my favorite moments of the year. <laughs> like it's like, I, I was like I was just like this is fantastic. I'm so up for this, and it is because like the opening forty it, minutes are like a mini film to introduce it's quite you a to the film. film. If I if I'm, if I'm correct, yeah, yeah it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's weirdly like honestly, the opening forty minutes are like an are like a mini film like a short to direct to introduce the film you're about to watch so that's why the credits come in at like 40 minutes um it's fantastic and i'm glad it's getting so much kind of uh, attention actually uh even from oscars and stuff like that it's really cool uh really so worth re- watching another film recently's done that i can't think what film it is that has like the is it there will be Blo- no that's there will be bloods like silent isn't it for the first yeah the thin man did you watch the thin man that did it the Thin Man had like a basic, like a mini film, and then introduced the rest of the film. No, it's not called The Thin Man. What is it called? I don't know. Whatever that bloody film was called. <laughs> which one, hang on, which which one are you on about? The Empty Man. That's what I'm talking about. Oh the yes, empty man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the Empty Man. The Thin Man. <laughs> I was close. Anyway, number one is Jane Campion's The Power of the Dog, which oh. is absolutely fucking spectacular. 
Um, I was expecting more combat, if I'm. (laughs) Did you see Jane Campion's comments yesterday? You know, this Sam Neill, is it? Yeah, Sam Neill has been like, how dare she? Like, she doesn't know. No, it's not Sam Neill, it's Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. I am yeah. messed up. Yeah, Sam Elliott's like, she doesn't know anything about the Wild West and cowboys and like, how dare she do another story in that in that regard. And uh, she had these comments yesterday. Just She just said that he's being a little B-I-T-C-H. And, like, and um, what does he know about it? He He's only an actor or something. Exactly, like. she, yeah. said it in, she said it in this kind of such mannered way, um, absolutely like cutting to the core. And she's utterly right. How dare anyone trying to gatekeep the type of stories we tell? And like, I think I moaned about Benedict Cumberbatch actually a little bit when we watched Spider-Man. That's a shame though, because I do like Sam Elliott. And when you, when people that you actually like I know. show it's some maybe see him in a completely like, different light. And you're like, oh, come on. Why? Why? And so I think, like, the cast alone for this film is, like, spectacular. I know I moaned about Benedict Cumberbatch in, like, Spider-Man and his weird American accent and he's fucking, like... Um, but, like, if you watch Power of the Dog, the casting of him in this is, like, purposeful. Like, his weird American accent is purposeful in this film. It speaks to his character. Like, it's this fantastic bit of casting of like, his almost, like, falsity and his, like, pretense and his way of seeming like a kind of educated man is where he always comes across as like you know a posh British guy um that's all purposeful for this film like that's all purposeful casting and it's it's like that like weird accent he does he's like weaponized in this film uh to to make him more menacing and weird and it's 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 absolutely remarkable I I I think he should win best actor this year at the Oscars I really I think they're going to give it to bloody Will Smith who I think is like the worst person in King Richard yeah I think it's one of those like it's his time yay kind of Oscars but I do want to watch that because it's got a good cast like Jesse Plemons is great Jesse Plemons Um, is and it's got Cody Smith McPhee in it so I was getting because like he was in if I remember in Slow West which is a yeah wonderful film I adored that film yeah. And the best thing about that film, it was like 80 minutes as well, which was... Like <laughs> yeah, totally. Cody Smith, um, I don't know, he, his choice of like roles and the choice of things he's picking leading up to this is is great for a young talent, you know, like a young mm. actor. And I, I'd love to see what he's going to do next. And he's so fucking good in Power of the Dog. Like, he, I know he's up for supporting actor and you can... But he's almost the lead, you know, but you couldn't really put him up for lead for the Oscar. But, like, he's so, so good in it. And so is Kirsten Dunst is fucking amazing in it. Like, and just the direction and the things Jane Campion chooses to not to show you on screen, the stuff she chooses to show you, the kind of slow build for it. It's a film that absolutely works better the second time round. Um, because it allows you to see other bits of the story and you realise the second time round everything you were missing the first time is all there and you kind of question yourself was why didn't I see like this story um, until it kind of unfolded. I think it's a remarkable bit of work and I fucking want Jane Campion to win everything because she's <laughs> fucking remarkable and will become the first woman ever to win two Oscars uh, for directing and it's kind of sad that she, that that's a fact. It's kind of sad that she's the first woman ever to be nominated for two for two Oscars for directing. Um, it, we, I, I would applaud her for it, but it's a sad case of affairs that that is actually a fact, you know. Because what was her other one for? Was it the was it the piano? The piano. Yeah, the piano. Yeah, yeah the piano. 
the piano. It's which is also wonderful. <laughs> I I I saw that, but like about twenty plus years ago. I remember it came. I got it free in the newspaper, <laughs> and I have not watched it since then. And it's been a long, long time. I watched it twice actually. This I watched it last year, and I watched it just recently. Um, I went down a bit of a Jane Campion uh, rabbit it, hole. Really, it's been about what. Twelve years since her last film. Yeah, her last film was um, Bright Star. Wasn't Bright it? Star, which is actually a wonderful film. It was slept upon by everyone in the world, um, but it's absolutely fantastic. And she, yeah, she went on to do TV. So I haven't actually watched them. I need to watch them. But she did Top of the Lake and Top of the Lake China Girl, and that was the last thing she did. And I think TV takes much longer to probably make or something. And then she kind of snuck back in to do The Power of the Dog. Honestly, think she's just in that time of a career when she'll go and do a film as she wants to. Really, um, she's had a mixed success with kind of Hollywood and stuff like that. But she's definitely getting reevaluated now. Um, even the, like stuff like In the Cut, which was absolutely just ravaged by critics and, and audiences at the time, is is been kind of reclaimed in the past couple of years, and now he's being seen as this like, you know, origin of like modern like police dramas and and murder murder kind of shows and stuff like that mm-hmm. like it's it's it at, like in the cut modern tv like murder stuff like the fall with and things like that absolutely owe everything to in the cut like in the cut did it first you know um and i think that kind of slow reevaluation of some of her older material is actually really helping her now and hopefully will i mean i hope she keeps making stuff so i think she's a wonderful director well, yeah, I mean, if she gets some accolades for this, then definitely. Yeah. Anyway, that was my top ten. Yeah, I haven't got a top ten because, like, sure. as I said earlier, I'm a crazy person when I make films and I can't... I find it really hard to focus on anything else, so I kind of... My mind just goes in shutdown mode and uh, I don't really watch anything apart from, like, trash TV and stuff. So, um some of my favourites though from last year I'm just going to list off like not a top 10 or anything but um, uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines uh, which is yes. fantastic and you know it's kind of from the same kind of crew that did um, Into the Spider-Verse yeah, which was amazing yeah. and you know I can't wait for that to come back again later this year <laughs> I actually right. know someone who worked on Mitchell's versus the Machines in Spider-Man Oh, cool! They were like in charge of the lighting department on the on the films. I loved um, Oliver Olivia Coleman's voice acting in that. I yeah, but what cool. what is she bad in? Do you know what I mean? Like, well, she, yeah, <laughs> she's like one of those just amazing people. That it's so funny know. how she went. You know, when she won the Oscar, and she was like. Um, this will never happen again kind of thing. I can't believe it. <laughs> and and now she's basically like fucking like Meryl Streep or something. Like she's just going to get oh, nominated yeah. every single year. You know, I'm not saying this is where she started, but like one of her early things was Peep Show, which is, you know, yeah. about two disgusting guys in like a, <laughs> who share an apartment together. And then Luke and Ash is winning Oscars and stuff like that. Yeah, she's remarkable. Um, what else was a very good last year? Um, I'm just having a look on Letterboxd, what I've watched. Um, the Tomorrow War. Actually, no, I'm joking. I never finished that film. I watched. I watched <laughs> the first point. I watched it to the point where I think they all just after they all crash land into a swimming pool, and then they're kind of like on an underpass, and they're having a shootout. And I was just like, I'm bored now. I turned it off. 
Um, that's I'd such say, a and, weird. I, I want to support the Tomorrow War because I want there to be original sci-fi. You know, like I oh, want yeah, totally, that stuff yeah. to be good. But I couldn't get into the Tomorrow War. I know people who love it. I know people who actually really stand for it, and I couldn't get into it. Like, it's the for me. It's a lot of it's the cast they put into these films. Like, sure. I like when they do big budget stuff. Like, go back to Jurassic Park or whatever. But they'll put Sam Neill in it, or Laura Dern, or Jeff Goldblum. People who you mm-hmm. wouldn't think. Are, would be in these kind of big action adventure films, and but they just keep, pick the obvious people now. But well, yeah. Chris Pratt's just so boring. Yeah, Sam um, Richardson was so good in that film as well, though. Like Sam Richardson was great casting. He, he was the best part of Tomorrow War, and they don't use him well enough. But also, he felt like he was in a different film to everyone else <laughs> in that film, <laughs> and it was so jarring. It was like, come, I want to follow him. Can we have his film? Because this is better. Sure. And also, I lo- uh, and Mike Mitchell's killed too early because I love Mike Mitchell. <laughs> uh, Annette is another film that I absolutely oh, adored. Yes, I'm surprised that wasn't in your top ten. To be honest, yeah, it, pro- I th- it will have just fallen out. I just love Bendetta a little bit more than it, I think. Um, well, uh, I still haven't watched the French Dispatch, which I really want to watch. That. Um, oh, I struggled with that. I struggled with French Dispatch a lot. That was I was really looking forward to watching it. I'd love you to watch it actually because. I just I want to rewatch it because I just got exhausted by it. I just I I remember I was sitting there and just I was exhausted by it and not enjoying it. And you I think gave maybe it quite I a high mark a if I remember though. Yeah, I I I just felt I I I just didn't connect to it in the way that I thought I was going to connect to it. Um, right. But I think it's because I think anthology films are sometimes hard to connect to that way. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe if I go back and I understand where it's going and I understand the kind of um, the flows of it, maybe then I'll get a bit better into it. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned uh, Titan, which was fantastic. Mm. You know, great film. God, yeah. Um, Pig, you said. Again, I agree. Pig was amazing. Um, the Green Knight was probably my favourite film I watched. Good, yeah. Absolutely adored the Green Knight. Yeah. Um, I actually really enjoyed Malignant, which is totally uh, stupid and bonkers, but I actually really enjoyed it. Probably my favourite horror film of last year. Like, yeah. I, I just had such a wild, fun time with it. Y- you know, um, sorry, go on. I was going to say, it kind of reminded, it, I'm not, it's not the same kind of film, but like, Drag Me to Hell, which like, I remember sitting in the cinema and sitting next to my friend Mark, and yeah. like, I was loving every single second of it. <laughs> and he turned to me, he's like, this is supposed to be a bit of a joke and I was like yes, <laughs> yes. and then as soon as I said <laughs> yeah. that to him he's he totally changed and like he was like he started to really enjoy it and I think a lot of people didn't get that Malignant was meant to be a bit was meant to be silly silly wild fun yeah, yeah exactly absolutely. Yeah. People, yeah. I think you know because you've got all these el- I'm doing air quotes elevated horror now and I think a lot yeah, of people yeah. are kind of getting into that kind of mode now and Malignant is not that kind of <laughs> No, Malignant's just a wild fucking great time. That's what that's what it's going for. You know, um, Nick Cage is doing... Um, he's playing Dracula, I think. I can't remember the name of the film, but he's playing Dracula coming up. And they're asking him about, uh, you know, what is he going to base his performance on and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. he said that the only film that he's watched in, in, in recent memory... Uh, like new film that's come out that actually has opened his eyes to new ways of doing things is Malignant. Really? And the idea that Nick Cage watched Malignant and went, 
oh fuck i've just thought of something new <laughs> i'm like what is this what is this fucking dracula gonna be like if he's basic i'm ignorant that's so good i'm so excited for that but i think uh what else did what else? i mean i enjoyed ghostbusters to a point but i wouldn't put it it's not a top 10 kind of film for me um same with uh well, I'm trying to think. My mind's gone dead. Uh, Spider-Man, for example, I enjoyed it. Again, it's not like a, what I'd put in a, a yeah. top ten film. It's just enjoyable. Uh, but I, I haven't seen June yet. I'm looking forward to sitting down and watching June. Yeah, you should. Um, it's so good. I still haven't watched Last Night in Soho. I know you didn't like that one. But no, I've got I friends didn't. who absolutely loved it. So okay, cool. Um, I really want to watch The Suicide Squad again because, like I said before, I watched it with Caroline and she wasn't enjoying it. And it kind of sometimes, if you're watching a film with someone and they're hating it, it kind of dampens your kind of enjoyment on it. Which absolutely, you know, that's yeah. fine for Caroline to to not enjoy something. I'm not yeah. I'm never forced her to like something or whatever. But uh, I'd like to sit and watch it again. Yeah, I had a good time with that, and I recently watched uh, the Peacemaker series as well. Which yeah, I do want to watch that as well. Really good. It's really does that help good. elevate Suicide Squad? Do you reckon, like, now that you prefer that, you, you enjoy that character even more, or because he's like the peacemaker? I, you know, I remember him vaguely from comic books, but he's not anybody I'd ever thought would now become this character that is so beloved. <laughs> well, it's, it's kind it's... of fun. The, the the thing for Peacemaker for me that he was the basis for um, the comedian in Watchmen. Uh, yes, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, and that that was like the only thing I really knew him for is about that Alan Moore kind of twisted the peacemaker into this kind of fascist, and it's really funny that James Gunn basically did the same thing, but um, in a, in a slightly turned the dial the different way. It's really weird that they both took peacemaker and made him like a kind of fascist, really, and made him like an Alan extremist. Because Alan Moore actually wanted to use those characters, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. wanted to use the Charlton characters, yeah, and Blue Beetle and the rest, but the DC wouldn't allow him because they were about to do um, Crisis and Infinite Earth, so they That's were going to use the characters. Um, yeah, because so he, he when... specifically wanted to kill them off, didn't he? Yeah, he wanted to kill them off and make them crazy and adult and stuff like that. It would have been wild if it was actually the, the Charlton characters. But it do, you allowed... think it would have, do you think it would have kind of become the thing that it is now? I guess you, you don't know, but like... It's impossible. I don't know because I don't know if he would have still changed them in the way that he changes them. Like Rorschach is not the question. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if he'd used the question, would he have been writing Diff- Rorschach yeah. or would he have been writing the question? So maybe it would have been a completely different series, yeah. you know. But it's it's an interesting what if, I think. It's, you know, out there. Yeah, there's definitely another world out there that, that, actually, that, that, you know, that actually happened. That happened, yeah. And we had a completely different Watchmen. And yeah. think of what Watchmen did to like comic books and superheroes, and the world mm. we now live in with movies and stuff. Like, um, so is there anything like coming out this year that you're looking forward to? God, uh, well, I mean, we're three I months want... in already, but you know. <laughs> I mean, I really need to know what light year is. <laughs> I still, I, I just don't understand it whatsoever. I've watched all the trailers, and I'm like, I still don't get it. Did you see the quote that like? This is the not the origin story of the character you know, and this is being based on the cinematography of the French New Wave. Was that one of the comments? I'm like, what? What? you pardon me? You what? Like, It'll probably end up being amazing. Everyone's like, fucking hell, this has just blown our minds. Well, I, I just saw um, Turning Red, uh, which is honestly really good. And, I just, and like Luca last year was 
uh, one of my favorite Pixar's. It's easily in my top ten favorite. Why Pixar's. are Pixar stuff going straight to Disney uh, Plus now, though? Why Disney are assholes? I know, right? Like, like turning red. Uh, like Pixar not even got a cinema Disney, release in like you know. Canada. You know, like Toronto is all over that film, and they didn't mm-hmm. drop it in the cinema. It's so stupid. But like Pixar saved Disney pretty much. Yeah, you know? like, it's like. It's like they're treating it like the redheaded stepchild now. They're like, I, I don't know. It's, it's the same thing with Encanto though, and not giving Encanto a cinema release after yeah, now nuts. the life it's got is nuts. Like, and they did did they did Luca as well? They did, didn't they? Was that yeah? Pixar? Luca was yeah. Luca's Pixar. Yeah. So that's like four films in it. Like, I guess Onward was their last like pure cinema release. I mean, obviously, I know COVID's happened and stuff like that. Did Onward like, get a cinema release? I thought Onward was also I, Disney Plus. I feel like Onward was the was, came out just before COVID hit, so I okay. think it had a few weeks in the cinema, and then I think it was one of the first things they put like on the streaming service. Okay, okay. Like you, like I think I don't know if you had to pay for it. I don't know. I can't remember. But yeah, like so. I mean, Luca was great. Turning Red's great. So I'm not going to count Pixar out for like you. I'm not going to just say no, exactly, it's bad yeah, because it looks weird. I can't. <laughs> you just don't. You just can't figure out what it is. Yeah, least. I just yeah. I just cannot work it out. I cannot work out what's what it's going to feel like or anything. It's so weird seeing it like, the way it's lit and it's got that Buzz Lightyear suit. So, on. It's so this weird. is what I this like. is what I can't. So I'm assuming the Buzz Lightyear toy in Toy Story is based on this real astronaut. I so this astronaut <laughs> exists in the Toy yeah, Story but... universe in the real world. It can't be because the but toy because. That would be or is meaning this the Toy show Story's that, the future. Or is this the show I thought that Andy would have watched when he was a kid? Yeah, that's what that I thought it was. On. I thought this was the film that would make Buzz Lightyear a character in the Toy Story universe. That's what I thought this was. <laughs> Which is that, you know, the old cartoon? That's what the idea was. The old yeah. cartoon was, this is the cartoon Andy watches. Um, but the statements from Pixar are saying, like, it's not that. It's this is a real person that Buzz Lightyear is based on, so I don't understand. understand. (laughs) Are we going to get like a gritty Western Woody? Yeah, right. It's kind of Power of the Dog starring Woody. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And just get flipping Tom Hanks to I don't know play live action version. I don't know. (laughs) What else is? I mean, I'm really looking forward to Nope. Because of course. Oh uh, no! Nope. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, that's that's in that's definitely one of my most anticipated films. Yeah, for sure. Do, I mean, again, I have no idea. I know that Nope. They say may stand for like not of planet Earth or something like that. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, but um, no. I, cool. us for me, like I, you know, Lights Out was great. But us, I, I know people have issues with us because there's a lot going on in it, and some of it <laughs> doesn't quite work. But for some of it, for me, the stuff that works in that film is is amazing. I. Like a lot of people go, well, what happens if they're trying to travel across the Atlantic and stuff? Or the tunnels that they walk across? <laughs> if they're on a pl- it's like just don't think about that. Just like it's not. If that's what you're thinking about when you're watching this film, like I, 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 don't, I think you're thinking too hard about it. I don't know. Yeah, your cinema sinsing a really yeah. good horror film. Just like it's Jordan Peele. Let him go wild, and if stuff. Maybe there's some brain logic, like fuck it. It's just more about the idea and the concept. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The the logistics, like put your brain aside on that side for for a little bit. 
Um, I think we spoke about this before we started, but everything everywhere all at once looks yeah, absolutely looks amazing. I, mean, I cannot I, wait for it. Is that out next week or something? It's out. Is it out that soon? It's out on the twenty fifth. Well, yeah, a couple of people anyway. have been reviewing it on my letterbox, so it is. Yeah. Well, I think it about. just. I think it was just at a festival. Yeah. So, and I think that's like wonderful. a multiverse film. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> But I think oh, it's it looks... by A twenty four who you know are doing these kind of elevated horror films. Yeah, and stuff and... that's what. Speaking of A twenty four, I might try and watch it today. Actually, uh, I've got After Yang to watch. Oh yeah, um, looks so good. And uh, I like speaking of the Colin Farrell. Like, I can't believe he's got two films out right, right now, and they can, couldn't be more <laughs> different. So, but speaking of A twenty four, they've got X as well coming out, which is like a horror film where I think they go and shoot like a seventies porno film, and it kind of shit hits the fan. Sounds good. So Ty, Ty good. West, I don't know if he's done anything in a while, but he did like, uh, is he did like the Innkeepers and stuff like that, and House of the oh, Devil, right. which are kind yeah. of like horror films where nothing happens until the last like <laughs> five minutes, and it's like barely anything happens. But I quite like it because it's, it's more like a, like a mood piece and stuff like that. And, yeah, what was that one they did that I like? Uh, it comes at night. Like uh, people hate that film, and I really that had was, a good time with it. Wasn't that directed by the guy who plays Owen Lars? You uh, know, in the know. new in the prequel trilogy stuff. What's his name? Oh, the, Joe Edgerton. Yeah, yeah, the Australian. Yeah, he wasn't directed by him, but he was in it. Because he has directed something, hasn't he? I think he has, but I can't remember. Speaking of him, did you see him in Kenobi? Are you looking forward to Kenobi? I don't know, you know, like, <laughs> like I, I think we've been pretty critical of the Mandalorian in the past when we talked yeah, about we it. Have, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, there are there's some fun bits in it, but overall, I was just like, yeah, whatever. And Boba Fett, I just was quite bored by Boba Fett. Book of Boba Fett was one of the worst things I ever you know. watched. I and everyone's like, oh, it's amazing because like halfway through it becomes Mandalorian Series 2.5 <laughs> or whatever. And it's like... Why isn't it just called Mandalorian Season 3 and just have this happening? I don't understand why it was, they had to separate out to anything else. And you have to watch this to watch Mandalorian episode Season 3. Well, the stuff that happens with Boba Fett in that, like you could have done that in an episode. Yeah, two episodes. You- some yeah. yeah, some like do some flashbacks. Fine, cut that within you know Mandalorian stuff. I, I don't know. Like the the only thing I liked about that was him with the sand people. I li- I like that was the only thing I think I liked about Boba Fett. And oh, uh, Joel Edgerton directed the Gift. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh my god! But he did produce um, It Comes at Night. Ah, okay. Um, but yeah, like I the thing is though, like I think. I've, I do have a soft spot for the prequels in the fact that yeah, I do. we were like 14 when The Phantom Menace came out and we were so excited. <laughs> and I think, you know, we kind of talked ourselves into liking it when we first saw it. And then by the time like Attack of the Clones came out, we were probably a bit more cynical and you know, kind of like, yeah, it's a bit shit. But we always liked Hugh McGregor. Well, I did in that role. I mean, you know my take of Phantom Menace. I've, I'm quite... I'm quite explicit. It's about the best of the, the prequels, in my opinion. Yeah, and I and more and more, I kind of like it. Um, I, well, know I like it's... it as well. It's got a lot of shit in it, but I still find it quite enjoyable. Yeah, I, I, the other two I can't stand. I haven't been able to talk myself into the other two, but Phantom yeah, Menace no, I've come I... round on. <laughs> but um, and I do like uh, Hugh McGregor as an actor anyway, yeah, so I'm I excited to see him yeah. and see what he does. 
And yeah, the, the, the I've forgotten the woman who directs who's directing the whole series, but she directed some of the best episodes of Mandalorian. So oh, cool. Okay, okay. So um, that would be cool to see. Um, but the the one guy though, the villain, I think he's like in either Clone Wars or something like that. He looks really weird. He looks like an egg with like red arrows <laughs> painted on his head. And I think they're like people who hunt down Jedi. Yeah, Inquisitors, and he just looks, is that what they call them? Yeah, he looks terrible. Yeah, People are really... The thing is, the problem is that I... These these TV shows, Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, whatever the other fucking ones are called, um, they're kind of made for the generation a little bit below us who yeah. loved those cartoons and grew up with them. You know, Rebels and the, the Clone Wars cartoons and stuff. There really are directed to that audience and I, and I think I'm just finding myself a little bit lost with Star Wars because I don't know any of that it's not even that I even don't like them I've never watched them so I just don't know anything so there's so much that happens like in Boba Fett and they introduce characters that I've never fucking heard of but they introduce them like you know them and you know everything about them there was that bloody bounty hunter in Boba oh, Fett I was gonna, like, yeah, this uh, is Dave Filoni though all over like he it is, he, yeah. he loves his own work and like you know it's good to love what you do and that's honestly but he it's fine. expects it's not everyone even, else to love these characters yeah. and I'm like look please introduce this blue bounty hunter way yeah. before so at least like when he gets killed or whatever spoilers when, <laughs> you know <laughs> Yeah, but I would have we felt kind something of feel if something he was in more... episode one and he yeah. was like the villain throughout the show. I would have been like, right, I know what his character is. But yeah, but they bring him into the one before the the last <laughs> episode for like, and I'm like, no, like. And then I find out you when can't I read expect up, everyone to have watched these cartoons because there's a no. lot of them. And that's just what I mean. They're not. They're made for the people who, who grew up watching those cartoons. They really are. Yeah. Um, and it, so it's. I won't. I know we've been fairly critical, so this is a bit hypocritical, but like, I, I won't critique it too much because I know people are going to like it because it's just a different audience. Yeah. Like, it, it's just not really for me, and that's fine. Not everything has to be for me. <laughs> like, but it's, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm loving something when really I'm just quite frustrated by it. So, I guess in regards to Star Wars, we grew up in a weird time for it because we we were born. We grew up when there after, wasn't any. We, we yeah, we were born when it was. <laughs> finished the first three films yeah again. and we, we had the cartoons now and again and stuff like that and then we didn't get anything until we were like in our mid to late teens yeah like 11 and so we were I, kind I of we grew up watching those films but like, i don't know it's you know i don't know because I, I, I remember i think my first time i saw one of the star wars films was the re-release on the cinema yeah for, yeah definitely um, yeah uh, i the, loved seeing those films though at the big screen yeah me too I remember I went with my dad every time like and, and sat and watched them it was really cool and they were giant films I remember the box office they were top of the box office and stuff yeah do more of that re-release films in cinemas <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, um yeah, but, but as for Obi-Wan uh, yeah I'll, I'll I mean I'm sure I'll watch it you know I've got to watch it I've got to consume the content I've got to consume <laughs> every bit of content that exists I mean like in terms of other films like the more interesting kind of indie fair or whatever, we I guess you you kind of don't really know about those until they're a bit more. Yeah, I'm never good at things coming up. The only yeah, thing you... I know that's coming up is like Jurassic World Dominion, which I do not give a shit. No, about. no thanks. I mean, like, <laughs> like all in of any DC... way, shape, or form. DC Comics or Warner Brothers have like shifted their slate all around, so lo- oh, most have, things aren't they? coming out till next year, apart from Shazam and I think. Um... When is fucking Top Gun coming out? 
if Top Gun moved again, <laughs> like, uh, I don't. That's Top Gun point, was filmed actually. like three years ago. <laughs> Top Gun, Top Gun. I'm having a look at all the films. We're getting a new um, Sonic the Hedgehog. And we are getting a new Sonic the Hedgehog. We're now getting the actual Sonic the Hedgehog. It looks like, and not whatever Top... the fuck that first film was. Top Gun looks like it's out on the twenty sixth, twenty seventh of May. Really? Okay. Yeah. And for okay. for for listeners of this podcast, if there's any of you still listening, um, <laughs> not after this. Um, one of the the reasons we started this podcast was because we were chatting, and I I said I've never seen Top Gun. Yeah. And then it kind of like spiraled out of other films we haven't watched and we should have watched. So well, hopefully we were when, just... when Top Gun comes out, we'll actually do a re-review of... Well, our first episode first was Top going Gun. to be Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> like, that's how long this film's been coming out. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, speaking of a film, Morbius meant to come out a thousand years ago, didn't it? And is that I... still coming out next I month? I just don't care. Oh, I don't care. I just find it funny that these films just got filmed and just never existed again. I mean, you've. Got, I think the who, the guy did Midsummer's got a new film out as well. Uh, is oh, it cool. The Nowhere Man? I think. Oh, that sounds fun. Um, you've got Elvis as well by Baz Luhrmann. Oh, which I'm quite I, interested I'm to see that. Cannot wait for Elvis. That trailer is insane. Mm. Like, and how can you ever be like disappointed in um, whatever Baz Luhrmann's doing? Is always going to be something to fucking see. But like the Tom Cruise, uh, Australia was great. <laughs> Tom Hanks on that fucking trailer. I know. He's, he's, <laughs> he's the manager. Like, yeah, he's playing Colonel Tom. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like, it's like he's haunting Elvis, like this weird, like, like Southern Goblin. It's <laughs> kind of like haunting Elvis. And like this <laughs> film looks wild. <laughs> I need to see this. <laughs> There's oh, Men. Else? Men's coming out. You don't go watch Men. I have no idea what that one is. It's a new Alex Garland film. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, it looks yeah, it looks good. It looks good. Uh, there's Avatar two coming out, believe yeah. it or not. <laughs> Which it's gonna be something. It's gonna be something. It's fucking James Cameron. It's gonna be fucking something. Don't ever write it out. Like who's what Ooh, it's I've gonna just, be. But... I've just noticed the new Martin McDonough films out later this year called The Banshees of Inner Sharon. I don't know what that is, but in Mike McDonough, he did. Uh, is he in Bruges and? Um, oh yeah, sure. Th- uh, three billboards. Yeah, he's the um. So a friend asked me the other day, uh, has there ever been someone who won an Oscar for uh, an for a short film like documentary or live action or animated, and then later went on to win uh, a feature length Oscar? And the only person I could think of top of my head was Nick Park for like the Wallace and Gromit stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but him is the only other person I could think of that came close because he won it for a short film, and then he came really close to winning it for three bill- billboards, billboards, but didn't win yeah. in the end. So he's the only person I can think of, apart from like maybe they might like Walt Disney might count to be honest. Like, but. Uh, mm. So he might be someone who's coming, winning that weird thing that I never thought of before. Oh, and then just one last film to talk about the the Mario films out later. <laughs> Shit. Oh, my God. I, like like Buzz Lightyear, I have no idea what this is going to be. <laughs> no. Like no. what? Who knows? Ah. Uh, uh. 
What are your thoughts on Avatar 2? Do you think it'll be a massive massive success or do you think it'll flop? I think it'll be a massive success. Yeah, same. Because a lot yeah. of people say that uh, everyone hates Avatar and, you know, it will, like now and it will flop. And I'm like, look, never discount James Cameron. Everybody <laughs> poo poos every film that every, he makes. Everything like, he's ever done. Yeah. Like, like, granted, he's only done two <laughs> films in the last 25 years, which is, not, which is true. <laughs> Like feature films, <laughs> like Titanic, everyone said it was going to be shit, and it became the biggest film ever. Yeah, Avatar, everyone said it's going to be shit, became the biggest film the ever. Biggest film ever. Yeah, I, I'm not counting out just because I don't know what it is, and yeah. you know, and the fact that it comes out so, it's just so funny that it's coming out so long after Avatar. It's in kind of insane, but and then and then he instead of just doing like here's Avatar two, he announced five Avatar films at once or something. This is just insane. But I don't know. The fucking rumours from that set that people are like filming underwater. They got like Sigourney Weaver holding a breath underwater and do it for like three minutes or something ridiculous. Like but why would they need to do that? Because <laughs> surely know. she's going to be a CGI character. And didn't she die and become the tree or something? I don't know. Uh, who who fucking knows? This is just, who who knows? I'm just... I didn't. I don't even like Avatar that much. I didn't really engage with it. I never saw it in cinema, so I think that's a big part of it. Um, but I'm not. I'm not counting Avatar two out. I'm interested in what this is, you know. So this this year looks quite a good year, you know, for for films. Though there's a BG film biopic coming out by Kenneth Branagh. Oh, good old Kenneth Branagh. He's always always bringing something. <laughs> So much. So- oh, and Halloween ends as well. Oh, they can go. Which I haven't seen the other two, to be honest. So. Anyway, shall we talk about more interesting things? Yeah, let's go is for that, it. Is that? Is that? I don't know. It's a really weak segue, but you know, we'll, it's a really we'll go weak with segue. it. <laughs> it's all talking we, it's the of, best we've got. Talking of new releases. Yes. And. A superhero. <laughs> I can't do segues. Speaking of films, we've just watched one. Speaking of films, one came out of the cinema. Did you watch it? I did watch it. Did you watch it? <laughs> I watched it. It goes on for 72 hours. <laughs> so, no, all right. Batman. We're going to talk about Batman. Like, yep. of course we're going to talk about fucking Batman. Because, you know, it's us. So we're going to talk yeah. about fucking Batman. Um... And a new Batman's out, and it's based upon a film that we did before called Batman Forever. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't think it is. I think it's more based on the Bat- oh, Batman '66, the movie. Because <laughs> spoilers, every single villain in that film is in this film. <laughs> yes, yes. Damn it! I had that stat. I had that in my head. Oh, it's. I don't know even how we start talking about Batman. Like, I think. I think there's so much. It, there's so much that has to go into note. Like, there's so much. Um, like, what you call baggage you have to take in with Batman. I know, right? I think we. I think let's start dissecting the baggage though. Like, because the weird thing about this movie is that it was designed to be part of like the DC like universe, right? Yeah. So it was designed to come out in I don't know, fucking like 2015 or something, 2016, I think. Um, to be part of just coming out around the same time as Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, and all that other stuff that feels like a billion years ago now, yep. <laughs> frankly. Um, so it was designed to be part of this kind of mixed universe when we when Warner Bros. were obsessed with doing this kind of stuff, and it just slowly kind of 
threw away the trappings of kind of like mixed universe to come out with this film. Which well, I think is- like you know during the production, like Ben Affleck had a hard time with Justice League. You know, with the swapping of directors, it's, and you know, yeah. apparently Josh Whedon wasn't nice to work with, and then he had to deal with his own personal problems. And yeah. I just think he just got to the point where playing Batman just wasn't fun. Yeah. And you know, if you and, don't want to play, if, you know, he was meant to direct it as well, and then yeah, yeah he was, yeah, yeah. Then he decided he meant- to step away from directing. I mean, I don't think I think the moment Matt Reeves was hired, there's no way that we're going to do Ben Affleck scripts. I think it was no, just a, I think a gradual what- thing for to kind of lower expectations for fans until they changed it to what it is now. That's what it seemed to be like a case of like brand management, didn't it? Like yeah, this yeah. film. And uh, it's like the history is kind of fun. Like, so 2015, Jeff Johns is basically announced that he's writing a Batman film, is the origin of this one. And it was going to be about the murder of Robin by the Joker because that's kind of set up in Batman versus Superman. So it was going to directly feed directly out of that film. That was the whole point of it. And then Affleck kind of was circling around that directorship as well. Eventually got announced, I think a year later, that he was going to star and direct in it. And it was going to be about. Um, Deathstroke, you know, Joe Man Man Mangangelio. Well there's like test footage of Ben Affleck filming him on a kind of set. Like yeah. doing stuff and that like a costume. Never set. really in- I have to say that never really interested me because uh, and this is dumb. But Deathstroke isn't a fucking Batman villain. <laughs> he's a Teen He's Titans like isn't villain. he outs- outsiders or whatever? Was he yeah, well, he's more like Teen Titans. Yeah, he's a yeah. Teen Titans villain. So don't fucking use him for Batman. Batman has a thousand fucking people like he can use. Like I just was always a bit annoyed by that, you know, um, because I love Teen Titans. So do a fucking Teen Titans thing. And you know, he was he announced like because Jeremy Irons was going to play Alfred. It was properly tied into that world, and and eventually like everything went just weirdly quiet. And I think you're right. It's about the production of Justice League. I'm. I'm Affleck had such a bad time making that film and just started hating playing playing Batman. He started drinking again loads and um and started really kind of because he had to well, come to rehab his marriage, as well. His marriage like, fell apart didn't yeah. and stuff. And I met he he's got there's a quote from him saying that when he got a script for I don't really think it was this script but he because it can't be. But when he got a script in that to to play it his friend said like you know you could do this film but it will kill you. Well he co-wrote the script with Jeff Johns didn't he? Yeah, eventually. Well, actually, Jeff John steps away and he co-wrote a screen with a, a, a screenplay with um, Chris Terrio, who's the guy oh, who did that Batman guy. versus Superman and Argo and stuff. And, and that was Skywalker. basically set. That was set in like um, in in Arkham Asylum, and that See, was that, about. That's Arkham quite Asylum. an interesting idea, like a raid or something kind of. Film, yeah. Or dread or whatever, like in Arkham. I think that'd be quite cool, but like, I don't. Know. I if if I'm perfectly honest, I'm really glad that the way it has transpired yeah. to be honest you know i'm glad we've got what we've got over that to be honest because i know that this they were saying that, oh we kind of wrote a script that was like bond and i feel like for me i feel like i've already had my batman bond films with <laughs> that's, what films. Yeah, yeah, that's, know, what that's what nolan is yeah that's what those yeah. are yeah and so yeah he affleck steps down but steps down from directing but not being in the film so you get this weird time period then where basically they were throwing every director of the world saying they're going to direct this Batman film and the top of the list was Matt Reeves but there was also George Miller was in talks like Dennis Villeneuve was in talks which I can't imagine Dennis Villeneuve doing it really but that would have been different I don't know if you look at Prisoners and stuff and like which is very Fincher-esque and then you look at what we've got now which is it makes sense doesn't it so yeah it does 
Uh, Ridley Scott was touted, which I think <laughs> that, that might... I fucking love Ridley Scott, but I think that would have been a fucking mess. I'm surprised um, um, bloody Clint Eastwood wasn't on that list. I know, right? And I'm the sh- other one that I think's really weird, and I, I kept on looking up this as well, because I couldn't understand why he kept on being on the list, but Matt Ross kept on being on every list that he's going to direct Ross? the Batman. Yeah, Matt Ross. The, um, Matt Ross, he was an actor in uh, Silicon Valley, if you watch Silicon Valley. Um, I've watched it. Yeah, who was he in Silicon Valley? He was the weird boss of that that company, the kind of Jeff Bezos character. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay, and he directed Captain Fantastic. Is like the only feature he's directed. You know, with a uh, the movie with um, Viggo Mortensen in it from twenty sixteen. Oh, that looks like a knockoff Wes Anderson or yeah, like, it looks like a bit of a Wes Anderson. Yeah, I've actually not watched Captain Jared Fantastic, Hess or whatever so. his name is. Yeah. Um, I can't understand why he got was always on these lists as direct Batman. I can't understand like where that came in or who was touting for him. Not that he could have been brilliant, I don't know, but it's just really weird that I can't imagine Warner Bros. putting all their faith in someone who hasn't proven to hold like a budget and, mm. and and do those kind of stuff. So Matt Reeves makes perfect sense because of the apes films. You know, he took all those ape films, he managed all them, they were all hits, you know, um and in the studio. He didn't do system. the first one though, did he? He no, he did the sequels, sorry, yeah, yeah. I will admit, not a fan of his Apes films. I find them quite boring, if I'm really honest. I, I, like I know the people do like one. them, but... And, um, I, you know, Cloverfield's a bit dumb, but I still quite enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, same. And yeah. his remake of um, Let the Right One In was decent. But it's weird that he all of his films, apart from Cloverfield, have all been, like, either a remake or based on an existing property, which is... It's true. Properly modern director, but the, but then again, you look at Tim Burton, exactly the same path mm. he did. But Beetlejuice, and then everything after that, pretty much was all like franchise based, apart from like what Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, apart from a couple of little movies. Yeah. It'd be interesting if Matt Reeves is going to get like stuff. He you know his own passion stuff now, or is he just like a modern director who's just going to keep hitting these like franchises? Be <laughs> well, interesting it, it, to see where he goes. Like. I think he's in the Batman world for a while now because they've announced yeah. two shows. They're doing Penguin and... I forgot uh, about the shows, yeah. And they were going to do a Gotham Central, Gotham PD one, but it was going to be about a corrupt police officer. And I think in the in the times we live in now about corrupt police and that, I don't think people necessarily want to watch no, that. No, I don't want to cop So they're do, they've, they've changed it to Arkham, so it's all about the... Okay. My least favourite part of it, we'll get to it. My least favourite part of the film is some of the cop stuff. Um, yeah, we'll, anyway. <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, so yeah, Matt Reeves comes on at this point. Um, ben Affleck's still attached, and this is what this is what you were saying earlier. Like they announced that it's going to be the year two of Batman. Like it's so it's not going to be Batman Begins. It's going to be year two of Batman. That was always like the approach they're taking, and there was no fucking way Ben Affleck was playing year two Batman. That's insane. Like, but they Are you were sure still that wasn't of... announced after he stepped down? They kind of shifted yeah. gears. Really? It, okay. Yeah, and then he steps down just after this. But I think you're right that he was already out of it and they were just managing that kind of expectation and managing that kind of fan backlash because I think I think Ben Affleck had a hard, hard time and the fans know that. Like, And the fans were mad for that for him. They're still so insane, think... though. Like, you, you cannot... Like, if you look on Twitter, it still says hashtag restore the Snyderverse. It's like, come on, guys. <laughs> Most of it's still around. You've still got Ezra Miller as the Flash. You've still got Gal Gadot. You've still got Jason Momoa. You've still got you Thingy s- playing Gordon. Like, it's still the remnants of it. The only thing you haven't got is Cavill and Affleck. That's it. Oh, Cavill, come back, Cavill. 
please. Cav- Cavill should come back. I think there's yeah. pay- that's a lot of pay negotiations, though, with that. Yeah. And then Affleck, we've, we're going to get one more adventure with Affleck, aren't we? He's in The Flash or something. So. He's in The Flash. Whatever that Flash film is, he's yeah. in it. Like, that's a weird... I don't understand what they're doing in that film. It's like they're... It feels like they're doing kind of like... We've talked about it before, but it feels like they're kind of doing like universe management in a film. And I'm like, don't bother. <laughs> like, No one needs this from you. No one needs you to like sew these stitches together or anything. It's very weird. Um, And that, like, I was just thought the, the Snyderverse stuff, the, the, there's a cameo at the end of Peacemaker and all the Snyderverse fans were really mad on Twitter about it and they're really angry about it especially because there's an ongoing joke about Aquaman fucking fish in the Peacemaker show and they're like Zack Snyder took so much effort to make Aquaman a real character and flesh him out and take him seriously and now they've ruined all that with this dumb show and it's like no he didn't (laughs) no he didn't like have you watched Aquaman film it's wild and fun and crazy is Superman in that episode of Peacemaker then there is a Superman in it yeah, but he is very much a stand-in. But it's the <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> it's the cavil suit. It's, it's the a cavil cap- suit, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like they did with Shazam, where you see him, but you don't see his head. Yeah, basically, you can tell it's not cavil very easily. I I just think cavil. it's pay negotiate. They just they're not willing to pay. It's Probably, like, I'm I'm guessing it's to do with his agents, not necessarily him, because I have a feeling he'd still. I have a feeling he'd play it, yeah. I think he'd be so good. Because really like, who knows, like, what agreements you have with your agents, and like, if you're locked in with them for a certain amount of time, and you know, he can't go to another agency and sign a new deal or whatever. Like, you know, who knows what goes on? It could be out of his hands that he wants to do it. Warner Brothers want him to do it, but some other forces he can't do it. I don't know. Well, there's a big thing with the <clears throat> about to get like casting of this. So you know, when they cast um they end up casting Patterson for this. His salary was three million for this film. And they, they and they wanted Jonah Hill to play the Riddler. He was um locked in basically. But his Oh yeah, oh, God, was, I remember that. Jesus. But his demand was ten million to play the Riddler. Really? And they were just like, we're not paying you that. We're paying Patterson three million. Like so, and that's why they, they went for Dano, which I think actually was a, a good move. But um that's uh, what you're speaking to about that pay negotiation stuff. That's just that's nothing to do with probably not even to do with the actors you know yeah. it's nothing to do with that it, that is absolutely just a hollywood machine working on and working on really um and yeah, yeah who knows changes. what cut they get on there you know like they may get a filthy disgusting amount of that money yeah just for representing yeah, that actor yeah, just for rep- just for the the negotiations that's why it. bill murray doesn't even have an agent he just you know. <laughs> that's why he misses all the good films <laughs> um yeah, so, Speaking, yeah, he was me- he was in talks of being a Batman at one point, wasn't he? Oh god, he was. Yeah, that would have been fucking interesting. Yes. honestly, <laughs> um, Keaton was the right choice, but that would have been yeah, so weird. Like, uh, yeah, so the, it kind of came down to um, Nicholas Holt and Robert Patterson were the two people they're thinking about this film more than anything else. Um, Army Hammer was both boys really, with pouts. Boys, yeah, P- pouty, pouty boys. boys, pouty boys with lips. Um, <laughs> Army Hammer was really fucking close. They dodged a fucking bullet there. Oh, yeah. Well, he almost <laughs> but, played him in George Miller's one, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah. He's cast. been linked for so long to Batman. Is his career do- over now? Is he, like, done? Yes, yes. Yeah. I can't even believe Death of the Nile came out with him still in it, you know? Because like, what were they? Like, texts or messages of, like, just saying, I want to eat you or something. I can't remember. <laughs> like, some cannibalistic... 
things. I don't it's, know. it's so bonkers. Just, just feel free to Google it. Okay. <laughs> don't go into it. But it's all fucking like like kink play and stuff like that. But it's like he's just all just went like wild and insane and and very abusive. So oh, he's okay. done. He's he's done. Like um, Aaron Taylor Johnson was also linked to the role, which I don't think is a very good fit. If I'm honest, I'm not a huge fan of him. Well, um, I, I remember watching Tenant, and I was like, "Where was he in Tenant?" And I know he's, so good he's in like Tenet. the massive guy with the shaved <laughs> yeah. head and a beard. I was like, "What? Yeah. That was him." He's so good in Tenant. It's so against what he's normally like. I really liked him in Tenant. So maybe he actually could have done a good Batman. I don't know. Like, uh, we'll see him in Craven the Hunter. But like Craven, you know, he's already he? been Kickass, and he was Quicksilver. You know, that's yeah. He's, he's well, done I his two it's, superheroes. It's basically, I think, what helped Patterson is the fact that Patterson's been so against doing any Marvel. So he's never signed on to a role. He's never even been linked to like a role. Whereas Nicholas Holt, you know, he's been in the um Beast and stuff. X-Men films and stuff like that. So he's already been linked to that kind of like superhero world where Patterson just doesn't have that baggage to him at all. Yeah. And he has, you know, he has the Twilight baggage, but very proven that that was no one gives a shit. Um and well, you say that though. There's so many people who go, "Not my Batman," sparkly, oh, and it that just speaks volumes that a lot of these comic book fans or whatever they don't watch films; they just watch <laughs> superhero <laughs> films. And it's like, well, if you watch films, films yeah. you realise he's actually a very accomplished actor and he's very good. Well, that's why he got cast in this because of Good Time, which is fucking good film. Yeah. <laughs> like, and uh, and but like, but Matt Reeves basically was convinced that he wouldn't. Don't want to do it that Patterson would just turn it down because he's never been interested in doing that kind of stuff and and I think something about this I think something about Patterson being a complete freak <laughs> really like really convinced him that he could do this as a complete freak and I think well, I read that really he, works, he actually though. sought out the once he found out they were casting for a new Batman he wanted it like he yeah so he ended up wearing the um Batman Forever suit you know Val Kilmer <laughs> suit he wore it to the the um the audition during the screen tests and he loved it like and like that's what he, he wore it to the screen test to kind of convince them that he's the right person well, to put in the suit really to be fair though they they always do that so if you watch the uh, behind the scenes of Batman Forever I'm pretty sure um, Christian Bale's wearing the um, the the forever suit as well I love how it's the forever suit. I love how that's become the default suit that they wear. Maybe it's <laughs> just so a good. bit. It's a suit that will fit everyone. It's like well, I yeah. Think, I think with Robert Pattinson, I think he wore the suit of one character and the cowl of another actor because he's kind of like okay. And it's like I think um, maybe in Brandon Routh or or um, Henry Cavill, they wore like the Reeve suit or something like that. I don't know. There's always they wear. I'd the imagine previous. testing for Superman and they give you the Reeve suit. That must feel so kind of otherworldy that you're going to put on this kind of like iconic suit yeah so yeah but yeah so he Patterson gets cast um, the other kind of the other casting is pretty much we talked about you know Paul Dano but Jeffrey Wright gets signed on instantly wonderful fucking like um, casting do you know what um, like I was wa- I was watching and I in the film and I thought spoilers he was fantastic in the film and yeah. then I was reading online and so I went oh they he's the first black uh Commissioner Gordon and that for me I like not maybe I'm woke now I don't know <laughs> but, but I know it, it didn't even come it didn't into even my read. mind 
Do you no. know what I mean? He, he was no, just no, Commissioner no, no. Gordon. He's just Commissioner Gordon. No one ever looked more like Commissioner and Gordon. Was, like, <laughs> so, no, Gary, Gary Oldman was awesome as well. Like, yeah, they were, yeah. they were both as good. But he had that kind of gravel, gravelly kind of, yeah, kind of you know noir detective kind of. It was so funny to me how I couldn't stop thinking of Batman sixty six during this film. This spoilers, I couldn't stop thinking of Batman sixty six because like the idea of like. Pish, the Chief Gordon and Batman being friends and yeah, like they are, out. yeah but they are they hang out together <laughs> and they hang out on like crime scenes and they trust each other kind of thing I was like this is fucking like Batman 66 yeah. territory the, the, <laughs> like, the, uh, the William Shakespeare head bust yes is yeah, in the phone. Wayne Manor but it's in the the really bizarre gothic apartment in Wayne Tower which oh, is the Wayne most Tower gothic weird. place yeah. you've ever seen in your life and also Aunt Harriet or someone is I was about bumping. to fucking say the, the, the maid the who's maid bumbling who, around who's too old to be a maid I don't yeah. know like, 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 like Bruce like stop hiring this <laughs> ancient woman to clean your house um, who seems to only exist because they need someone to answer the phone the and say phone. that it already <laughs> happened yeah <laughs> that seemed to be the only reason she exists as a character but yeah, the other casting comes pretty easily. Zoe Kravitz wins like the... I will um, say this, everybody. Spoilers ahead, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you could see... It. The episode's going to be called Batman, isn't it? So, But I, I think Zoe Kravitz is fucking amazing. So this news came out like this week, actually, about the fact that she got turned down for the role in Dark Knight Rises because she was too urban, which fucking speaks to the, the era that film was made, even though it wasn't that long ago. She was wonderful, like... Oh, one so good she was just gorgeous drop dead gorgeous yeah, she is. like the way she does that Stunning. kind of just swaggering her hips as she's walking away from Batman yeah. it's quite mesmerising but like her just yeah. her performance was great as well like she's like, honestly straight one of my favourite actors books. right now yeah she's the best by far the best Catwoman that's ever been on screen like absolutely absolutely fucking nails every single part of that um, I, I love I I absolutely love uh, movie that came out this year Ke- um, Kimi Kimi oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Is, is that what it's called if I just I said think that it, incorrectly yeah. K-I-M-I is it no Kimi Kimi yeah yeah Kimi, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, she's the uh, lead of that film and she's stunning in that film so fucking good like and I was so excited after watching um, Kimi to go watch Batman because I was so excited by Zoe Kravitz being in Kimi and then being Catwoman and that was for me the most exciting thing going into it weirdly it was more than anything else I really wanted to see her Catwoman and she didn't disappoint I thought she was absolutely fucking fantastic and actually for the first time I felt like they nailed that comic book relationship between them and it wasn't the kind of like kind of weird sappy crap they kind of do sometimes with Catwoman and the weird kind of mechanisms between her and Bruce I just thought they nailed all that stuff really well did you did you see her in the like kind of where they did uh, high fidelity but they flipped it like a gender swap? Oh no, I didn't watch that. No, it was pretty good. She was good. Um, and like there was the other people like rumored to be cast. I think Anna de Armas got quite close. Who would have been fucking wonderful? Like she, she's she steals like um, no time to die in my opinion. <laughs> like in the middle of that Bond film. But um, I still need to watch I'm, that. I haven't watched that either. Yet. I'm really glad that. I'm really glad it was Zoe Kravitz. Like, and then like, um, what was gonna, I was going to say? Um, what was I going to say? Uh, my mind's gone dead now. <laughs> Hang on, it will come back to me, and I'll have to edit this out. Oh yeah, so like, this film is 
it's not grounded in in reality. It's it's very like a. No. <laughs> it it does feel like a comic book almost. Like yeah. it's very it's a very stylized world. But yet you've got the Nolan films, which are grounded in more of reality. But for some reason, this Catwoman made the Anne Hathaway one look more like a cartoon, and I don't know why I that agree. is. I think it and made I, Anne Hathaway's Catwoman look really silly. <laughs> like, really I really like, like Anne Hathaway in that film. She's I, do, I really like Anne Hathaway. Yeah, well. totally. But, but for some reason, it made her, and I don't know if it's because this Catwoman is almost she's wearing just like a almost like a a biking onesie thing, and she's just wearing a yeah. balaclava. Whereas Anne Hathaway's kind of got this more tactical kind of suit mm. with these clever. And I don't. And then she's walk when she's walking around in her daylight in the daytime. She's kind of more like. The Batman animated series with the like Audrey Hepburn big hats and kind of, <laughs> do you know, I don't know. It's weird because those films are supposed to be so grounded. Yeah, it made it feel more. Cartoony. I think that's and yet this film think, is really comic booky, and I can't. In my head hurts thinking about it. I do think it's one of the weird things about Rises, though. That kind of it, there is elements in Rises that makes it a weird watch, and I think that's yeah. what you're getting at is part of that. I think, and. I, as I, said, I liked Halfway's woman, uh, Catwoman at the time, but I, I really do like this Catwoman so much better. Oh, like, yeah. Just, just spectacularly more. She I, has I the whip. She has the whip. Um, other casting. And she has pet cats for a start. And she actually has pet cats. And it's not. I, li- I like how she's just not. She's not just cat puns constantly. Do you know what I mean? Like, like she only basically she says one thing about nine lives, but it's not just the constant like cat themed stuff. Well, I think which I just like. In, I like that a lot more. In fairness to 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 Nolan, he doesn't once call a cat cat woman, and I, I actually I don't think she's called that in this either. But like, and I don't think there's any cat references as they're all maybe the cat burglary and yeah rises whatever. But anyway, I don't remember. Uh, other casting, Andy Circus it wasn't a surprise because he's worked with Matt Reeves a lot yeah. um, before. Um, as Alfred. great choice, though, in my opinion, I'm not entirely convinced. We can talk about it. Like, yeah, no, um, I really liked it. I, to I, be honest, I, for me, I think the casting, hands down, is just like maybe Dano was weird, but I still kind of liked it. I don't know. I really like Dano. I thought Dano was a really good Joker. Uh, sorry, Riddler. But um, you know what I find funny about Dano. Like when he's out of the costume and he's like himself, he's just as over the top as Jim Carrey yeah. was in Batman yes. Forever, but in a totally other way. <laughs> we'll come to Riddler because I think Riddler's going to be a big conversation. So, okay. but like Andy Circus, the I just don't like what they were doing with him so much, and I, I, I like the, they gave him that monologue in the be, in the bed, which was really good, uh, you know, in, in his in his injury bed. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that was all they really gave him for this, and I yeah, he, he didn't have much to do. But what didn't for me, really what have they... much to do, and I think that's why I haven't, I can't, I can't, I don't, I feel unsettled by him as Alfred because I haven't, I don't feel like I've not really got to know him as Alfred apart from the fact that he likes doing some puzzles <laughs> over din- dinner. <laughs> like... I mean, we've just had Michael Caine who was fantastic as Alfred. Yeah, I like... think that's probably un- that's why I'm being a bit unfair, maybe because I just Michael Caine was so good. And I think with this one, they're going for the. Have you if you read the Earth. Uh, is it Earth Two comics or is it Earth One? I forget which one. But the one that um, Jeff Johns wrote, and it's basically it's like the first couple of years of Batman's, like you know, oh, okay. being Batman. And a lot of the things from this film are from there. 
from this okay, book. And okay. I think uh, this Alfred is definitely a Alfred who was in the military and he was more of a bodyguard to the Waynes as opposed yeah. to like a butler. And I think he helps train Bruce in like hand-to-hand combat and stuff like that. And yeah, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying he was weak or anything. I just wasn't totally sold by him for some reason. Yeah. Uh, Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Oh, is the, it was great though. <laughs> he's basically did Robert De Niro in like, um, yes, in uh, what do you call it, uh, Untouchables or something. <laughs> like, dude, he's that um, best Al Capone. It's yeah. Um, I I get when people say, "Why is it Colin Farrell?" I I get I get it because it is funny that it's Colin Farrell because it looks nothing like him. If you put but your like, hand over his mouth, you can tell it's him. Just about see him. But like, but he's having so much fun. Oh yeah, and he's having such a wild time, and he brings so much fucking energy that I'm. I, I just had so much fun watching him. I think is the best way to put it. Like, who else is in? You've got um, John Turturro. Uh, John Turturro's Carmen Falcone. Yeah, who's I didn't really realise he was basically going to be the villain <laughs> of the whole thing, really, which I thought yeah. was quite cool. What do you think of him being uh, Catwoman's father? Because I'm pretty sure that was in either Long Halloween or Dark Victory or one of those Tim Sale. It is in one uh, of those. Books. I thought that. I guess I was okay with it. I guess. I just. Yeah. I a little bit. My a little bit of a problem I had with this film is that I had a little trouble following it <laughs> if i be very honest what what do you mean like um they just they kept on i just got a little bit lost with people's names they kept on like naming kind of italian people who were like the rat and stuff well you know who falcon is you know who uh, i know i know and then i just uh, got a little bit lost of who was controlling whom at some point during right, okay. it. like and i did th- like i wasn't aware that he didn't know that he was the father of Catwoman. Yeah, they I didn't thought, make that clear. If I'm perfect, yeah. To be honest, uh, yeah, I thought it, he knew, and then that's. And I was like, well, that God, if he knows he's the father, the way he was hitting on her in the club is really weird. Well, being a dad, there's supposed to be a four-hour version of this film, isn't there? So oh, I reckon Jesus. a lot of I reckon a lot of things may have gone. Sure. So the- that that did throw me a little bit. I, I'm fine with him being the dad. I actually, I just, I remember just in the film itself, I was thrown a little bit about the way the characters were interacting with that. Um, yeah. At the time, I think. I mean, that's it for your main cast, really, isn't it? I that's guess. The main cast, yeah. Well, Paul Dano, we briefly mentioned Paul Dano. Yeah, you know, we'll talk about the Riddler. I think, like, I mean, what's your kind of opinions on the Riddler? What do you think about the Riddler or stuff? Like, is he a good choice for this or or what? Like, I mean, yeah. To to make the Riddler work in this film, you have to kind of change him a lot from his especially his appearance from how he looks in the you know because he's a guy that either wears like a onesie with question marks in it or like a green suit with and a or like they did him in Gotham as well I never watched Gotham but I saw little clips here and there and I think he kind of worked for the in the forensics department or something of of uh, the Gotham PD or whatever but um yeah I think so he he is quite a campy villain isn't he really the Riddler yeah and um but to be honest, like I, I know a lot of people who are big Batman fans. There's this Batman podcast I listen to called Holy Batcast, and they were quite upset with how the how the Riddler looked and acted and stuff in the film. But to be honest, I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I quite liked it. I think he kind of worked for me. To be honest, 
I am. I've always been a fan of Paul Dano, you know, even going back as far as like the film hasn't aged very well, but the girl next door. The girl next door, yeah. And, uh, you know, I am. He was in, uh, they will be blurred, uh, Little so Miss Sunshine and stuff yeah. like that. My, I, I actually, I wasn't a fan of the Riddler costume, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, I, I know. I know they're just doing the Zodiac Killer, but yeah. it was just a little bit too much on the nose for it. It was just like, you can be inspired by the Zodiac Killer, but it doesn't have to be the Zodiac Killer. Like, and it I felt like, you... to me, it was so on point, like, especially the little glasses and stuff like that. It was well, so just... if you look at his glasses, they're the exact same glasses Jim Carrey wears. <laughs> cool. So I think, I, I honestly think a lot of these, this film is almost like they've taken every single Batman film and kind of put it into a blender. Yeah, I can see that. And like even the music, like uh, I love Michael Giacchino's score for this film. It's quite I monotonous do. and. Um, I think the music was my favorite thing about this film. But it, it I, feels honestly. like the animated series. But then there's hints of the Danny Elfman score. Then you hear a bit of the Elian Goldenthal kind of like his over the top kind of like trumpets and saxes now and again and stuff like that and then you get a bit of Zimmer and James uh, yeah. Newton Howard's from the Dark Knight stuff and I feel the same with the film as well you kind of get shades of kind of a bit of everything in there I just I I, I really loved Paul Dano and I just kind of wish we got more of Paul Dano out of costume I, I thought yeah because costume... you only get like two scenes in Arkham yeah. I think and that's it and I thought the costume was a little bit restrictive that's why I just didn't like it like I said to someone it wasn't cinematic, which I think isn't strictly true. I don't think I think it's a dumb thing to say, but um, I I just feel like it didn't look very good to me on screen. Is this the best way to put it? Like I just when he was on the camera, when he was on screen, when he was talking, especially when he was talking, I thought he was harder to hear than like Bane was. You know when everyone moaned about Bane, I, I actually <laughs> thought Riddler was harder to hear because I the do mask. like it though that he's got this voice that he puts on for when he's like on. Um like on his videos or whatever but when he's chatting yeah. to his 500 followers he's like oh, yeah i just want to thank you all for <laughs> yeah i really i i really like i really really liked the riddler in this i just didn't really like the outfit if the best way to put it really i think like i mean the runtime's a big issue for some people yeah i it had is it is long <laughs> i'm long. a massive batman fan so i'm gonna take as much batman as i can get yeah. The fact that he's in the costume for like 90% of this film for me is just yes. like, is amazing. I, I, um, absolutely. But like, my, my, and I, I was never bored once throughout the film. And, but the thing is, like, for me, just the world that they built for this Gotham is for me the star of the show. Okay. I think, I just love how they visualize this Gotham. It's a bit of a mixture of like the Burton gothicy stuff with a bit of the real world Nolan. You know, it's all filmed in Liverpool and Glasgow. You know, it's all rain, you know, dripping with rain, a bit like in Seven and stuff like that. I did play um, a little bit of like spot the location of this film. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think I'm always fascinated by because they don't film a lot of things where I've been. But you know, if you like in New York, I think you don't play the game so much. Like. But like there was a few moments like oh that's I, I've been there I'm sure that's I thought I think there's one bit that's filmed in Edinburgh but maybe it's Glasgow but um I remember just going oh I know that and it always takes me out of the film a little bit like because I'm yeah. then just thinking of something else it's that's not but, the film's fault I just you know that's just think, think but what I was me. trying to say was like so I have no problem with this film being three hours because I love living in this world but what I do think 
the plot itself doesn't justify the length. <laughs> Does that make sense? So I'm more yeah. than happy to watch the I film. Agree. I wasn't I wasn't bored whatsoever. But yeah. when it became when it was all wrapped up what the uh, Riddler was doing, I don't think it justified the, that three hours. Whereas no. I felt the Dark Knight, on the other hand, it's a bit shorter, only by like twenty minutes or whatever. Yeah, but, but twenty minutes that, is a lot when it's you're talking about that yeah. length of film. Like I, I'll, I'll say this now. In terms of a Batman film, this might be my favorite Batman film, but it's not my favorite film with Batman in it. <laughs> okay. I think the Dark Knight is a better film. Yeah, I think I think the Dark Knight's a better film. But I, I think I think truly, truly, it's my favorite Batman. I, I really, I think really he's liked Robert Pattinson's Batman. Yeah. Like more, and like I fe- like the characters. Like, again, like Riddler, Catwoman, um, and Robert Pattinson, I just thought were brilliant. Like that was my favorite thing about it. I, I came out going, it, you know, it's not as good as Dark Knight, but Christopher Nolan did make Dark Knight, so yeah. Um, but as yeah, as same thing as you're saying, really. I, I have mixed feelings on the runtime stuff. I think the story was a little bit. It just sometimes because it was so long, I was kind of like the 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 story isn't as smart as it thinks it is. Well, they spend like it, they spend an hour trying to figure out who the the winged rat is or whatever. I got so fucking like, tired. As soon as that, as soon as I read that, clear, I was like, "What? Well, it's a bat, isn't it?" It's a bat. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> anyone else not think that. Like, it's like Batman did not think that. Like the world's greatest. I mean, I did no, like I did, how did, the penguin takes the piss out. Of him. Oh, the yeah, me too. Detective, but it's like there was such a weird cut when they're into they're 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 interrogating the Riddler. Oh, sorry, they're interrogating Penguin, and then uh he says something to them about you know about how he can't speak Spanish or something like what do you think the Riddler can't fucking speak Spanish and there's a cut when they're now like on like a like Batman's iPad or something (laughs) and I and I thought they would had left and then they're standing there just both of them like crouched around this iPad talking to the Riddler and then Penguin's still behind them I thought it was such a weird comical setup like there is so like there's some weird pacing bits and some weird. Yeah. Like, there's a bit where Bat like there's some dumb Batman does some dumb things and I, I understand he's supposed to be like this is early in his career sure and stuff like that and uh, like you know the bit where he's gliding a lot of people have issues with the way he has that squirrel suit <laughs> which I didn't hate I quite like that I thought it was weird how it goes over him though like when he presses a button and it kind of like but I, I like the fact that he smacks of- his head but it made me laugh when he gets up and he just runs into an alleyway. And then I the next scene, he's, he's on a back on the rooftop with, and I'm like, hang on a minute, how has he smacked his head <laughs> off a bridge, and now he's okay? I don't. Know. I literally saw this. I saw this with Paul. Um, oh yeah, guest Paul, and uh, in the guest cinema, Paul is that his name? Guest, recent, frequent guest Paul Naden. A frequent guest Paul, yeah. Um, but then, um, when he smacks his head off that bridge, I burst out laughing at the cinema i couldn't help it. i burst out fucking laughing but i have a feeling no, it's meant no to one be else funny. did i, I did like i don't know i thought it was meant to be i think a lot of this is meant to be funny I yeah, think like Je- the thumb like, drive and the, some of the bits and stuff i like think that. jeffrey wright is doing one of the most funniest performances ever on film <laughs> like he's just he's doing something comedic with his like jim gordon um just because he's a weird guy I think but yeah he's and I burst out fucking laughing and then Paul laughed because I laughed so loud so like I, I just felt like I was sitting in this cinema ruining <laughs> like but yeah, everyone but that's else's what, good time but we're like that like when we watched the, uh, the Rise of Skywalker I think we were the only ones laughing throughout the whole film 
Just I, I mainly laughed as I laughed as well because he jumps off the building and then it turns to a Francis Bourgeois, yeah, <laughs> like, like um, head camera shot. And I'm like, you can't put that in a film. <laughs> like, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't just put a GoPro shot. Well, at least it doesn't film. have those big droopy eyes and you know, the big head. <laughs> I did um, find that quite cool. I just thought it was a we. It looked weird, and I, uh, that was one of the things I was like, "Oh, I maybe I would have redone that, but it probably cost you too much money to yeah. redo that." So the bit that irked me the most though was like um, they're at a funeral, and then this cut like a DA agent is like stra- a bomb strapped to him. not D- not DA agent, but like the you know the district attorney or whatever. He's got a bomb it strapped is the to DA, yeah. and like he crash lands into this funeral this funeral service and stuff. And Batman comes in and he's like looking at the bomb around his neck and he's looking at the timer going down. And he's like right in his face and he's looking at the timer as it's going down to like one second. Like, Batman, why haven't you moved? And then he gets blasted by the bomb. And then he wakes up in, in a prison cell. And in, in like, not a prison cell, but in interrogation not in hospital, room. Just you know, interrogation. They haven't taken his mask off. He hasn't got any charring around his face. I'm like, hang on, what? He would have the biggest amount of brain damage. I know you shouldn't pick that stuff apart, but it's just yeah. so funny. That was another laugh for me, actually, when he crashes into the funeral, and then there's a time cut, and it just cuts to a little robot going towards the DA with the phone. <laughs> I, I burst out laughing at this little robot just heading slowly towards this man. But I don't like, know if that was meant to be funny, but it made me laugh. I don't know if you noticed, though, but there are a lot, lot of things that happen in this film that happen in <laughs> yeah. the Dark Knight trilogy. And I don't know right. if that's just because a lot of it's from... It's just how these films would go play out anyway, like a Batman film would anyway. But yeah, a lot sure. of yeah. things that are very similar, like a, DA, a district attorney being killed, like... Yeah, you know, it happens to Maggie Gyllenhaal. It happens to a guy in the first Batman Begins. You know, Harvey Dent obviously gets blown up, and there's lots of similar things that happen in these films. That like, there's like that I... fight in the nightclub. There's a big fight in the Dark Knight as well in the nightclub, like with techno music going on and stuff like that. <laughs> lots that of... was another thing that made me laugh. The first time he comes into the nightclub and he's just marching through as Batman, and someone like punch pushes like a shotgun in his face, and he kind of like. He does some weird like move to make the shotgun blow off somewhere else, and it made me laugh. Like, there why were weren't those two twins th- called Tweedledum and Tweedledee? Why didn't he <laughs> reference? Why didn't he just call them that, just like as a joke? Because they should have been. But... It's um, oh what? Oh no, my brain's gone dead. Yeah, um, I I felt a little bit of um, like attrition on Batman and the crime, the Italian crime bosses stories. A little bit. Um, I know that it's an intrinsic part of like Batman. You always introduce the mob bosses and then eventually they become wilder and you get like, you know, I know that's how you craft a Batman universe, but I just did feel like the Nolan films are so much about the fucking crime bosses and the machinations of the law and stuff that I was, when it kind of got into all that, I was a little bit like, oh, I was kind of, I kind of feel a little sold out on this already. Like, um, just a touch. Yeah, I guess. I think that's one of one of my only criticisms, really. But it's still it was still good. I still liked it. But and the other thing I really hated. So you got the. So you got the set. The, the introduction of the Batmobile is fucking awesome in this film. Yeah. Like, Does he stall it by the way, or do you think he's is more he's doing it to intimidate? 
me and Paul had this fucking conversation. Me and Paul both said that. Like, I was like, did he stall it? That was weird. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I, it's I, like I what you were saying we, earlier. There's a few things that happened that kind of don't make sense. And it's like... Are they meant to be funny? Are they meant to be different? Are they, yeah. Um, I, uh, and then I think... I really think the, uh, the car chase is incredibly badly shot. It's because... Just, do you know why... There's no master shot. Yeah, there's no master. So you at don't, all. you can't see the geography of what's going yeah. on. I had so, no idea where everyone was in this. I had no idea that space between them, or if we'd, if, sorry, if Penguin was getting away, or how Batman was doing and avoiding, like, drive, avoiding cars. And like, I, I had no idea what was going on because it was all just like these weird, like, someone basically watched, you know, like Chinatown. Yeah, and, and didn't take French like, connection. The, French connection, yeah, and took the wrong sort of elements well, for the car there's chase. There's some great it's... shots in there, like really, there are. Like, like, but but like if you look at the Nolan films, I'm sorry to keep bringing them up, but you have to because yeah. the most recent Batman films and they're hugely successful. But like, and a lot of people like criticize Nolan for his fight scenes. Fair enough, but you cannot fault his action scenes. Like no, like if you watch they're... his Tumblr chases in the first one and the second one, they're amazing and they're so so well done. Yeah, they're stupid. He's like driving on rooftops or whatever. But like, yeah, at least you can see where Batman is in relation to the police and stuff like that. <laughs> Whereas in this, it's so dark and you just got red lights going everywhere. And you're like going, "Well, I don't get what's going on." Yeah, that, and that was. And I'm it. sure I he killed a lot of people in, I think in <laughs> trying to get someone who. Yeah, I'm sure the Penguin has done a lot of shitty things, but he actually wasn't guilty of being the rat. Yeah, and the, yeah, this story at all. It's um, there's the, the the same thing went from my head when I was watching it. I was really enjoying it, and then it cut to this car chase, and I did think to myself, I wish Nolan was shooting this car chase. Like yeah. it, I did even think about that because I was just like, oh god, this is shot badly. And like the end of the chase is really cool. Like Penguin's upside down, you got that fire explosion, and and Batman coming out of like the fire. That's really cool. A really kind of evocative shot. Um, and. Again, something happens in this film, which is fucking weird. They could just cut. But then they had Batman come right up to the screen and then peer down. <laughs> like, right in, peer down, like, kind yeah, of a weird angle of his face. Yeah, I would have cut just of him in silhouette <laughs> yeah. walking upside that down. Was, there was a perfect moment to cut this. And then they leave in the weird little section of the be- at the end that made but, it kind of oddly comical to me. But again. I do like some of the choices that they leaving some of these scenes a bit longer because it does make it a bit odd and I kind of like yeah. it's a little bit off kilter I I actually I do agree I think you're it's right like, there there's something about it I had a dream when I was I think it was in between the Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises I had a dream that they made a Batman film that was totally unconnected and it was a very weird film and we're now living in a time where this dream has become a reality where <laughs> we're in between Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton still being Batman and we've got this oddity of a Batman film. This weird, I, odd, yeah, this weird which, film. Which I really, 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 like, I wouldn't say I love, but I, I really, 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 really like it because in terms of cinematography, I think it's the same guy did Dune and... It's gorgeous, yeah. It looks amazing. And yeah, it does. I just love the world. Like I've said it before, but I just love how they realised Gotham in it. I think it's... It was... One of my certain things I said to Paul when we were leaving the cinema, actually, was um, that I kind of realised halfway through this is that I'm not bothered how good this film is or not. Like, 
I actually, it's Batman to me has kind of morphed into almost Bond, and it's like right every four years we'll get a Batman film. Doesn't yeah. matter who's directing it. Doesn't matter who's starring in it. It's gonna be a number of Batmans around or whatever. It's just gonna be another Batman film, and maybe I'll like it. Maybe I won't like it, but it doesn't actually matter. It does because there's just going to be another Batman film, and they'll they'll learn things and try different stuff and reintroduce different characters. That's cool. Though, I quite like, like that though. No, this is absolutely positive. That's what I mean. This yeah. is the, the, uh, this was a huge positive to me for it. Like going, I like that this can be a thing. I like that we're just now doing this with Batman, and it makes sense to do it with Batman. You know, like it makes sense to be less precious about it, the character, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's just really good fun. And that's what I think that's why I came out of this going, eh, it wasn't my favourite Batman film. I like a lot of this stuff, like what you're saying, like the kind of world they're crafting. I love the Batman himself. I think he's a really, really good Batman. Um, I'm, I'm excited for them doing more of this, I think. What did you think of his costume? Do you like his suit? I like how bulky he was. Um, yeah. And kind of how weirdly kind of like aggressive he is like I love how like he's not like finessed he's just very he just punches people in the face really hard with like <laughs> iron fists basically is, is his move because <laughs> I, I actually love his suit I was going to open up this um, discussion by like, I was going to say to you what do you think I thought of this film and then okay. I was going to say well I'll tell you what happened like so do you know what hot toys are yeah they're like they're really expensive like they're almost statues, but they're action figures, but they're like all clothed and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, as a toy aficionado, I have a toy dealer who gets me my toys, but he gets me them at like, <laughs> at like a discounted rate. Okay. But the problem is he's like a proper pusher. And like the day the Batman came out, he, he sent me this image of this hot toy, uh, Robert Pattinson Batman, and it looks incredible. And he goes, do you want it? I can get it for this price for you if you want it. And I said, look, let me watch the film first because that will determine. I love the look of it, but if I don't yeah. like the film, I don't particularly want it. I mean, you know, I was very excited for this film anyway, so it's gonna. It'd have to be really bad for me not to like it. <laughs> uh, but then, as soon as I stepped out of the cinema, I messaged him and I was like, "Bye, bye, 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 bye." <laughs> <laughs> um, but the the only thing I find weird is his gauntlets look massive. His gloves, like you know, they top, do look massive. They look a bit bulk, and I I think it's because his. I think his uh, grapple guns come from inside of his gloves. Yeah. And then those weird, like, spears are his, like, are his ammo, like, his grapple things. I don't know. I like how Batman spent so much time on this on a dirt bike. That's why. <laughs> he modifies, like, he modifies it, though. It becomes a bit more bat-like. It does, yeah. I just like the fact that he had, like, a drag racer and a dirt bike because he's two, like, little things. But also, kind of, this I film. Just, it, I think this film is set over a week period. It's like it starts it? off at Halloween and it ends on the fifth of fifth no, of November. Okay, okay. And at that in that time, the Batmobile is in pieces at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. And then somehow he's had the time <laughs> to put it all together. It. it, it I, I do like the suit. I do like the suit. Like it was saying, it was just like it, it just felt solid. It felt heavy. It felt like cumbersome. It felt really, really tactile. Um, more than the other suits have before, I think. Like it's less flashy and much more. Yeah, it's like not just... as over overly designed. Because I, I know there's a lot of people. And I don't know if you're the same, but some people want a more comics accurate. So they, you know, I, I Ben Affleck had one at one point, didn't he? That was kind of 
like Frank Miller costume, but some people now want the blue and grey costumes and that. But okay. I, I kind of like this kind of more tactical looking Batman. As long I as it's got this suit. as long as it's got the horns, the logo, yeah, exactly. the cape, and the belt, I'm happy. And I'm quite happy that they didn't. I don't know if it's in a book or something, but they didn't talk about that the the bat symbol were with the guns that killed his parents and stuff. They didn't go into any of that. They didn't mention that. So it made it a bit... Because I was worried he was going to be quite edgelordy, and I don't... Batman didn't come across that way, for me, anyway. Maybe He came bad. across as a fucking psychopath. Yeah, and but... I, I liked that. That's the kind of harking back to almost uh, Tim Burton. And yeah. the fact that, like, Tim Burton's bat, like Batman, Bruce Wayne, was just a fucking lunatic. Who yeah, just sat have... in a room staring at the sky, waiting for like a like. That's all he <laughs> sat in a dark room staring. That's all he does for his time. And with his and this is the same with this. He just he was very just like really single focused, single minded. Just really not a nice guy to be around. Yeah. Um, and I I liked that. I do really like that about that Batman. And I and what I really really like about this Batman is the whole film really is about the fact that he's learning that he needs to be like a symbol of hope yeah. and he needs to be like actually trying to help people rather than being about vengeance which thank fucking god with they're finally saying this frankly because it's it's the arc of every batman comic basically and so what i really like about this is it's the first batman like world i can imagine robin being in like film yeah. world and I, I can imagine them putting robin in the next film and it will feel fine because of what they did in this in this setup i think if there's i mean there's uh at the beginning of the film he like on the train he fights those thugs that have all got the kind of school make school makeup what from like and from one of the, the batman forever just minus yeah the yeah <laughs> yeah and one of them runs away um he the the guy who runs away he plays tim drake in teen titans i think is it the same guy um, i'm pretty sure it is yeah so like for me i was quite excited by that saying like um i could see that kid being robin you know i could see that I, kid being robin in the next I, film i someone was like i was i was chatting with someone and they were talking about <clears throat> you know there's the the mayor's kid oh yeah 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 that's and they're like oh is that a robin set i was like no that's just no, bruce seeing that's... himself in this like other yeah, child. it's yeah. kind of like it's the way of doing the origin without doing the origin yes and, and um, it's it's the way of bruce seeing like the fact that he's not solving anything i There's can't still, like i can't imagine happening. they'll that kid that you were talking about, the one that was like half the face, like he wasn't fully initiated or whatever into this yeah. gang. I can't imagine them using him as Robin. I, I'd feel like they'd probably properly introduce a younger character. So you oh, know, no. from I the think game. I think they will. Yeah, I think they will properly introduce. I just it felt like that kind of world to me. It just watching it, I felt like that kid could be a, like a Robin in this world, and it would feel fine. I don't think they will. I don't think they will use that kid, but. It just felt right to me, and it just feels like I can imagine this Batman taking on a Robin. I can imagine a younger character as well, like a younger kid being Robin, not like them aging up ridiculous or anything. And it feels right for this world, even though this world is so like twisted and dark and like odd, and and Batman's barely kind of conscious as a human. I can just imagine this world actually having a Robin in it, and that's exciting for me because it feels like a proper Batman. It feels like they could do like you know bat family stuff in this world and i think that's kind of exciting to me really yeah because i've seen people complain about the fact that he's quite one note as batman and bruce but i like you said i quite like that because you had bale who kind of 
he purposely chose to do the three sides of Batman, didn't he? Like yeah. Bruce Wayne, the real Bruce Wayne, and then Batman. Whereas this is like Batman is his only like entity at this point in time. Whereas I think when she, you up. No, go on. It's fine. But when you get to the second one, I think you'll start to become realize that Bruce has to also play a yes a part in Gotham and like help out on another front. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think you're right, and I think um, one of the criticisms because we're, we're in an age now where sorry, where films uh, uh, you don't get an arc in one film now. You have to no exactly of, yeah like, yeah. You know, with 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 Christopher Nolan, he did the full arc in one film. Yeah. Whereas now they're planning an arc that lasts three plus movies, do you know what I mean? So yeah, sure. It's hard to judge it on the scale that films used to come out, like how they used to be made, because it's a lot more serialised now. Exactly. We didn't get Batman going to a gala in this film, but we will get Bruce Wayne going to a gala. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's important to the world of Batman. <laughs> Galas. But um, I, I prefer that. I, I like the fact that we can see that progression with it. I prefer... I don't like the idea that... Batman's the real one and Bruce Wayne's the I don't like all that stuff I just like it being it's one person who code switches basically it's not there's there's not different elements it's still and I like the fact that they're dealing this person as one person he, just because he sits with the mask off listening to his Nirvana covers doesn't mean that like he's a different person he's still the same twisted weird fucking guy that you wouldn't really want to hang out with a lot because he's not very nice he's not very exciting he's really fucking angry he, he wouldn't make a good person to kind of make friends with i like that for i love that for the character right now uh, i think that really works for me um and this i want to my favorite more my favorite part of it really and i like how you just grew with him through it and right at the end he's in daylight which is always weird putting batman in daylight it's very like batman 66 but he's in mm-hmm. daylight helping like people on top of the you know the, the roof of gotham uh, whatever they call the stadium in this was it gotham square garden or something? yeah pretty much. Um, <laughs> what did you think to uh, the end did you like the ending or yeah i actually really did i actually really really a, a did a lot of people hate the like because people go oh the the when he in he uses like people say it's bane but it's uh, venom sorry but it's not venom it's just like uh oh it's just some know, adrenaline or adrenaline. something yeah and then it's green i'm like yeah it's probably green just so it shows up on camera so you can kind <laughs> of see there's something in it i don't know um, and whatever it's if it's venom fine it's a comic book movie but I quite <laughs> you liked... were saying it's the most comic book world that exists and yeah, you're right I, I, i'm honestly surprised there weren't blimps in the sky and yeah same Honestly, I'm surprised there wasn't like a blimp crash that Batman had to save someone from. Like, this is totally like this kind of world they've made. I'll tell you what I really like. They, you can tell they use the volume in this. You know, the, the thing they used to film The Mandalorian where... Oh, yeah. You know, so when they're on rooftops and stuff, they're actually... The city is there for them. So all the lighting yeah. and stuff is all natural lighting. It's like... Well, not it's not natural because it's still a CGI rendered city. But like... Like so, obviously, whenever they move the camera, the parallax, the background, parall- you know, is a mm. parallax with the background and stuff. And uh, I thought it looked, looked really good. I thought it looked fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, what did you think of the use of Nirvana in it? Um, kind of funny. Because <laughs> I thought it was just the trailer thing. Because I thought, oh, we've done this thing, yeah, same. and it kind of rhythmically works with something in the way so we'll just use it for the trailer like a lot of trailers use pop songs and stuff yeah but i quite liked it in it but again i, I thought it was funny but i liked it it's just another one of those funny moments that like they're playing this music in the film and then alfred walks in and he leans over to turn it off and it was that moment i realized it was meant to be what bruce wayne's listening to yeah. and i'm like that just take again i'm like what like and so 
but it, whatever. I, I didn't. I just found it, there's just so many little things in this film that I thought were just that seems funny to me, and I don't know if the director thought it was funny or if it's just me that thinks it's funny. Like he's got like the way he records. Like when he's when he's out, he records on his little contact lenses, and then sits back and watches <laughs> the watches all. it back. Uh, fucking creep. <laughs> <laughs> But I kind of liked how he was when he's around the police. He's kind of a bit awkward. Yeah, yeah. And apparently, Same. like he he was trying to play it like he was a shaman or something, like kind of. <laughs> and I... I like the fact that he doesn't actually kind of like go down <clears throat> with like a magnifying glass looking around, but he's like observing. And whenever he looks at something, then the forensics are oh, I didn't notice that big bit of blood. I really that. liked that. I liked <laughs> the fact that the forensic people were watching what he looked at and then they were copying him. I thought that was really fun. I like him being in crime scenes. I think people have overplayed the kind of detective work in this because it's not oh, really, Yeah, because like, like, like we meant, said, like, like he got he got a few of the... Um, the riddles but he didn't get the most obvious one <laughs> yeah you didn't get ballpoint banana no and then um i, I just it was with a couple like, See, the funniest the weird. funniest riddle sorry was when <laughs> batman's looking at the carpet you know the the, the carpet buffer thing and the oh, one yeah. carpet's like oh my, my brother-in-law is a carpet fitter. <laughs> he's like oh my god <laughs> it's a riddle it's so it's so cartoony in a way I like. It, that's kind of what I like about it, that it's just this weird cartoony world. People think it... I do wonder, though, are kids going to like this film? Because, like, I, I went know. to the toy shop and I I bought the... Bat, <laughs> I bought <laughs> the McFarlane, the Batman and the Batbike. But they do, like, a kiddie version, like, where they're, like, kind of, you know, Star Wars figure size, so like, three oh, inches yeah. or whatever. And you got the bike and the car and stuff like that and Wayne Manor and stuff. Like, but, but what... I say this, but I was a kid that had all the Alien and Robocop figures and watched all those Kids films, were like so. this because it would feel like, you know, they're watching an adult film. And so you it's think Batman. so, yeah. Yeah, it was like, I'm, I'm watching a proper adult. This is a film that adults love kind of thing. I think that it will be that kind of fascination, which was the same for us for certain things. Like, but it's, it's say, funny like, talking to you about it now, and we're both saying how ridiculous it is. But we both <laughs> really enjoyed it. But a lot of people, I think, are taking it really seriously. Yeah, I think I think once I relaxed into it, I I, I got I relaxed into it. I, I wouldn't because as I say, I gave this like four stars. I think is fair. Like for me, I could yeah. probably be taught more. Um, maybe on a rewatch, but four stars I think is really fair for this because I don't think it's wonderful, but I really like so much about it. Yeah. Um. So I think it sits in that kind of era. Just the weird things like I hated the fucking cop thing. Like that, I hated Which- how like. So when like they march Falcone out of the um, building and all, and it's like, and they're all standing there. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I own all you and Jim Gordon's. You don't own all of us, kind of thing. That's so much more powerful if it's just Jim. It doesn't need to be this bullshit that actually all these nice cops are here. Yeah. I think like, no, you are all fucking corrupt. Like, of course you're all fucking corrupt because you knew everyone was doing this. Like, you knew that there was this corruption in the police force. You don't just get to have that hero fucking moment. And that really got on my nerves, especially with the stuff that we're dealing with, like with the Met in this country and stuff. At just wrong time to do this kind of shit in a movie, this cop kind of propaganda crap. And so that really got to me. And it's so much better if it was just Jim, because Jim being the fucking weirdo, the weirdo who trusts this Batman, you know, like who's against all the other cops. It makes so much more sense if that's just a little thing between him and Batman doing Mm -hmm. this. And I thought that that really took it out to me, and I didn't just really really pissed me off to be honest. I never really and thought about that to be honest. That, that didn't and, really. 
it just I guess it just worked for me for some reason. And the other thing is when he finds out that the kind of charity fund that his father set up was being abused, he doesn't actually fucking do anything about it yeah, or take yeah. any note of that or anything. Like that. He just goes, oh, that's being abused. He, he doesn't take steps. As you say, there's a five-hour version out there or something. But he doesn't seem to take steps to actually fix that. And that, that would actually play with the plot. That was important for the plot of him doing that. I'm pretty that. sure that's taken from the Telltale video game. Okay, <laughs> and because um, and then also the fact that his mom was, uh, you know, she had like issues and stuff like that, and the fact that she, you know, she's not, she's an Arkham. Because I'm sure she was originally a, she had a different surname in the books. It was okay, Martha. Okay, okay. What's um Batwoman's surname? Kane. I'm sure it was like Barbara Kane, uh, Mar- Martha Kane, or something like. That. But anyway. And I'm pretty sure, like, one of the recent... I think it may have been uh, Earth 2 again, or Earth 1, or whatever that book is, that they retconned it, that she was part of the um, uh, Arkham family. And then also when they did the um, that weird one where, you know, where Bruce died, but then Thomas Wayne yeah. became the Batman. Then it, they made it that because she was from the Arkham family, that the mom became the joker <laughs> oh yeah i remember see yeah you know, i remember read that, that now do you remember that i thought like <clears throat> the other thing uh, with this kind of the the trust fund being abused what i think folding bruce wayne into the riddler's plot might be a mistake i think that is the roughest part of the film for me when the riddler's trying to kill bruce wayne um i think it muddles the story a little too much which actually if you cut that out you actually streamline the movie a little bit more. Like he can, he can be obsessed there, with Thomas Wayne, but not be obsessed with Bruce that... Wayne. If you know what I mean, it made no sense. Well, the, and there's a there's a book that the came that came out, and you should never what have to have a book no. that explains <laughs> what happens in the film. But there's this book that came out and explains that you know the Batcave is like a, a subway station that's under Wayne Tower, yeah. Wayne Manor, and it's how Thomas Wayne got from his house to his work without having to deal with going out in the public and that's why the back cave is like a subway station with train carts and stuff like that and then but also you know i don't know if this is made clear either in the film but you know when they go to the mm-hmm. orphanage that is wayne Manor. okay okay and so that had been that had been turned into an orphanage and apparently there was a there was like paintings that are like all over the wall of bruce oh so that's what it's going to be. The, the idea is the Riddler or, you know, Edward Nashton, he keeps seeing this symbol of Bruce Wayne as this kind of like this symbol of a rich kid that has it all and he, you know, is envious of it or whatever. And I guess that's what he's kind of, he's the only one that's still alive out of the Wayne. So that's where he's fixating his. Yeah, it's just, I found it a little like, anger. and the problem I had with it is because it leads to a really dumb part of the film when. Riddler's doing all these incredibly like in intricate kind of like kills that are making statements, and then to kill Bruce Wayne, he sends a bomb for the post that Bruce Wayne would never pick up his mail, and it was never, and it wasn't like some <laughs> masterful fucking. Like, it's like Riddler just like ran out of time and shopped it in that day and thought I'd just post a bomb to him. It was so silly compared to how every other kill in that movie is so intrinsically designed by like a mastermind and then this one's like oh just post him a bomb oh what it didn't kill him oh like like it was so dumb like (laughs) i just thought like that needed a i was like that needs a rewrite and it was just they they put it all into 
think they're going to kill Alfred and it happened one hour ago so you have to have the maid in because it happened one hour ago and she has to answer the phone just all that kind of that all gets tied up in together just by having it Bruce Wayne tied into it and like and I know I've seen this as well a lot of people are really confused because the Riddler doesn't know that Bruce Wayne is Batman but so many people have come out of this film thinking that he did um, and just missing I thought it was pretty obvious that he doesn't I thought so Batman. too but I keep seeing it everywhere that people have got misread the kind of ending in like that happens and I think it's just a product of this being three hours and trying to do one of these twisty turny kind of narratives that people are just getting a little bit lost in names and records and sins of the father and all stuff like all manner of the rest of it and stuff it's so funny that he he, he, like, he wants to figure out the riddle so he writes sins of my father question mark on the floor <laughs> well I thought I thought when he does that whole thing on the floor and he's, I thought that was him going to figure the <laughs> and whole he figures thing out. nothing out <laughs> but it's not he just draws it on the floor and just looks at things and then he's like then it, then I think Catwoman starts talking to him on the, and then I'm like <clears throat> on the contact and I couldn't phone. stop thinking I was like do you know like the maid's still here Bruce <laughs> like you know <laughs> like it's, yeah, this, there's a lot of stupid things in this film. <laughs> <laughs> With a bit of a rewrite, could have, which I'm surprised they didn't because they heart, they shot like a good twenty percent of it before. Yeah, COVID it's one break. of those weird films that actually took a it proper break. Give them a little yeah. bit of time to kind of iron it out, yeah. and figure out some stuff. But, it's weird, but like I said, I just I was so happy with how well the cast I thought was amazing the look and the sound of it and for me I know this sounds a bit fickle but that might be enough because I get it I just felt like I was in the world of Batman and I just I get it, it that that's world. exactly what I was saying but about I the Bond thing I just think the writing took like, a, <clears throat> just the writing needed a bit more of a bit more of a it's just one of those things when it's when a film is presenting itself as like a mystery and a really smart film you start thinking about it more you start giving it more brain power. And when it's three hours long, you expect it to a have bit a more bit more to it. You, you give it that more egg. brain power to yeah. it, and it may and it means that you unravel it yeah. a little bit, you know. And I think that's just what I started doing in the cinema a little bit, which yeah. I don't like to do, but I think it's just sometimes it, the film presents like a puzzle to you, and so you just start thinking about it more than I would have if it was like an Aquaman film, you know. <laughs> do you know one of my biggest gripes as well, though, with the film? I think I've got four of them. I've already spoken about three of them. The the fourth though is I, they shouldn't have introduced the. No, Joker. I was going to ask you about this because it doesn't. Need I think it. for me, the Joker is a the Joker is a character that I think if you're to put that in the film, the actor should have to have a whole should be given a whole film to figure out who his Joker is and what he is and all that kind of stuff. You can't just give a guy one give scene, a, a little cameo of, scene. And I'm like they say he's not the full Joker, but they keep saying that about everyone. They're not. The I know, full, yeah, full, right. Full like, <laughs> like, come on, at some point, can we like, just have a character? Yeah, just like. But um, I, apparently, there was a scene they cut out where Batman goes to visit someone, a bit like Hannibal Lecter, to kind of figure out something about the Riddler. And it was Barry. Is it Barry yeah. Keegan? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Every podcast I listen to about the Batman, they're always like Barry Keegan, Barry Keegan, Barry Keegan. Very cute, <laughs> yeah. They like they say it phonetically or whatever. It's like no, it's definitely not that. I mean, I thought you might know, being of Irish descendant. Uh, I mean, I am, but I'm <laughs> fucking not very good at speaking anything like that. I'm not good with my names. Oh, come on, you hear me all the time. Like, pronouncing a... everything in this podcast. <clears throat> like I think he's a fantastic yeah, he actor. Like you know, Killing of a Sacred Deer, and you know, uh, Green Knight and Dunkirk. You know, he's, <laughs> he's perfect so funny choice for Joker, in my opinion. <laughs> 
Well, he just falls over and becomes <laughs> blind. <laughs> I'm blind. There's a line. I can't remember what the line is now. There was something that we kept on repeating to us at Van Dunkirk. Is it the stars in his eye? Like, I, I just, just see the stars. Fucking <laughs> Um, he's a good choice. He's a good yeah, choice. I, like, I think you. He is. I think he'll be a great a joker, joker, but I just wish they held it. Yeah, there was just it didn't add anything to the film. It wasn't like, like you know, they filmed scenes with him as a police detective to throw people off the scent and <laughs> like, all these bollocks and like. <laughs> it didn't right. add anything whatsoever. That's what I just I didn't like about it, and it was already I'm already sitting there for thirty fucking hours, <laughs> like, and now I'm sitting there with this stupid cameo, and I'm like I don't need this. This isn't this isn't helping anything. This isn't making this isn't pushing plot forward. And now they're saying like, oh by the way, he's not actually the Riddler. Sorry, the Joker, and he's not going to be in the next film. And I'm like, well, what the fuck is the point of this shit then? Like, why do this if you're not actually building? To they stuff? did it best in the. Batman Begins did the best with the Joker yes. card because it's straight from year one, and that's like the perfect that like little Joker tease, card that's was the need. biggest thing to ever happen in cinema when that happened. Like, I think I looked and it, was I, like, oh my god! The fucking audience react. Even in England, when audiences do not react, like that was such a yeah. huge reaction from audiences, and not even at like midnight showings, people were so fucking blown away by that that tease. And I guess they're trying to do a similar thing with this, but it was just too too fucking talky and too fucking like. Like we're talking without saying or showing anything. It was. It should have been cut. It should have been just cut out of the film. Um, what would you give it then out of five? Well, I said already. I, I gave it four stars. Um, I might have. I might have bumped out from three and a half. I was between three and a half and four when I came out of the cinema. Um, three and a half sounds too low, so I think four is really four's comfortable to me because three and a half sounds like i've got shit loads of problems with it and i didn't enjoy it when that's actually not true it's just yeah there was things about it that i didn't think the flow of the film was very good at times i thought it moved weirdly i thought timing was off on it and i think some of the story things kind of weren't as smart as it was doing but like generally i love the characters i love the the actors in it I love the casting I love the end with Catwoman the motorcycle chase the way they left that character oh, the little cat and mouse cat, thing yeah the way they left that character re- yeah. interaction and stuff um, sat really well with me um, I kind of when it just became like a bunch of like fascists shooting at people in a stadium <laughs> was a bit weird to me but I was so excited about Batman saving the day like, like it worked for me when it finally came to it. And they, they, they almost play out like he's gonna commit. Not he's gonna like sacrifice himself. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But then it's kind of underplayed straight away. I mean, he cuts the the elect in the wire with the electricity. I thought he was gonna do a moment like in the Batman Arkham games where you like you fire the batarang and you have to remote control the batarang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you have to then catch some electricity and then you you hit a uh, switch to with the electricity still on you, Batarang. I thought it was going to do something like that. It's a weird Batarang as well. I, I want more Batarang action. I think I've heard other people say well, it's this it's from his well. chest, isn't it? Because like, he uses it to cut the door yeah. open. Yeah. I want him throwing more Batarangs. That's what I want. Yeah. Just because I like, I like Batman throwing a Batarang, that's all. It's good. I mean, it's called a Batarang. <laughs> you know? uh, yourself? Um, yeah, I'd give it four Kapows out of five, I think. <laughs> Pow! But like I, I probably could go up a bit because, like I said, like I just love that world that they've created for it. And but I, I am concerned that 
they're going to overdo it with all these TV series and stuff. And I've not, I've really, I enjoyed Penguin in this. I really don't care. But I did like Penguin, like you said. So I, I don't, but I don't care about the Penguin TV show. I just, I, maybe I'll see a trailer and be like, actually, this has got something to it. But just from reading reports on it, I'm like, I don't really care. I think like this isn't doesn't feel like exciting to me. It's not. After watching this movie, it wasn't what I wanted to see afterwards. Was was that? So we'll see. Well, I, I was I was hoping I I was kind of intrigued by the GCPD show. Yeah. Just because I thought if they had it about a rookie cop or something like that, who's who's like experiencing Batman for the first time or something, and like. I thought it'd been cool, like if he just cameos, like in a ep- two episodes mm-hmm. here and then, just in a crime scene or on a rooftop and stuff. And it's you don't have to see him fully; he could just be like in, like a young cop, kind of like seeing him. Yeah, and it could be about this cop, like is he being swayed one way or the other and stuff like that. It didn't have, I don't know. I thought that could have been like an interesting take. It's more the presence of Batman uh, rather than it being a Batman thing. Yeah, I mean that's what I was hoping the other show was going to be about, but it wasn't that. No, it wasn't that. Like it's. <laughs> But yeah. All right. So, what we're we going to talk about next time? Then, when we're back. Oh, sorry. My brain went dead. Then, because I was going to say something else about Batman, and then I completely forgot oh, what I was going to say then. about Batman. Oh, okay. Sorry. Well, just a couple of more things. Is I was what the whole time I was watching it, I really wanted Hush to be in it. Like it just. Well, I thought Hush appears in one of the clues, or yeah, something. there he is a. The he writes Hush something. at some point, and I was I actually got excited. <laughs> thought, oh, okay. Like fuck, they're doing Hush. Like I know Hush has got mixed reception over the years, but I think this Riddler owns so much to the Hush character, like that that arc. Yeah. Um, that I was just really expecting it, especially because it was all about Bruce Wayne and Thomas Wayne as characters, as like their sins, and that's all what Hush is about. Uh, about like that kind of past and history and stuff. I mean, it must have played part of the of the writing of this, but I was really expecting Hush well, to be in I, this. I guess for people who don't know who Hush is, he's like, isn't he Thomas Ellen, yeah. who's like a friend of Bruce Wayne, and he kind of surgically changes his face to look. He's a plastic surgeon, yeah. and he changes himself to look like Bruce Wayne, basically. And he starts like interfering with his life and stuff like that, and it ends up being like a huge plot with Riddler and things. They're they're interconnected. I'm stuff. pretty sure when they did. The Hush animated film. The Riddler is Hush. Okay. <laughs> so they completely changed it. But I really was expecting it, especially because like oh, yeah. he kept on wrapping people's heads as well. You know, like in the kind of duct tape the same way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There was so much yeah. illusion to it and I was like, This could be Hush, that'd be really kind of fun, but it it wasn't. But it was just that that well, excitement did... where you could get on screen like another Batman character that isn't the the fucking five they always do really actually excited me. I'm surprised they didn't do the um, the Court of Owls or something because that's been a big. Thing I think people I think we're going there. I think it's going to be Court of Owls going to be yeah. in these films. I think it almost feels inevitable to me that they're going to do that. I mean, do you think they will go full on? Do you think how far in terms of the Batman character, like Rogues Gallery, will they go? Do you think they would end up doing like? some of the more fantastical ones like a clay face or something or do you think they'll kind of keep it more pulpy I think so you, you get your two I'm I will I expect the next film will have two face in it I, I think do you think so? I think we're going that angle I think we're doing that stuff again just to, we're doing what you know we're, we're kind of doing what the 
tried and tested. The tried and tested. I Bane will be in this. I think No Man's Land basically is the end of this. I can imagine Bane fitting well, into that story. Yeah. Um, I think Two Face will fit into it because it's all about the kind of the, who the new DA will be. Will probably be Harvey Dent. Um, so I. Th- but then, then we're getting into it's very much like the. Dark that's Night what disappoints Dent, me. But that's again, why I'm. I'm going to temper my expectation. But. You, but. <clears throat> but that's the only way you can do Two Face, really. Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, that's it's who he is. Like, that's exactly who he is. Yeah, and they did it perfectly. And I mean, I guess you could do it. No, they did perfectly in the Dark Knight. I don't know. I don't know how you top that. But they've put they're trying Joker again. So, but I don't think Joker's going to be in the next film. They've already said he probably won't be. So. I reckon he'll be in it, but I don't think he'll be. I think there'll be a lot of things in Arkham, so I think you'll see him now and again in Arkham. Yeah, I think he'll set up for Same like a third film. Is what they're doing for that. Yeah, like they'll do some sort of. I wonder if they'll end up doing like a film which is predominantly set in Arkham, like we were talking Maybe. about. So they're all in there, like because like you know, Ark, you know, was it what's strange place on a strange earth? Ark, what's it? You know, the oh, the graphic yes. novel. I can't remember the name, but I wonder yeah. if they'd go that route of just doing a completely batshit crazy. It's um, two two wearing. I want them to do something different, and I just don't want it to be Joker, Two Face, Bane, Catwoman, <laughs> Like, I want them to do something different, but we'll see. I mean, they are the best character. Like they are, you know. I know, right? There's a reason why they use them a lot because they're the the best ones. But um, just looking at my my wall of Batman figures, I mean, there's there's a chance Harley Quinn could appear in Arkham, and I don't know. Scarecrow. I can imagine uh, Mister Free. I can imagine Mister Freeze being in this world. Um. There's a way to do freeze without having to have him have like a suit that kind of keeps yeah. him alive, I guess. Absolutely, I can I can imagine him fitting into this world really easy, to be honest. Which might be yeah. quite fun. I would love to see a poison ivy. I don't know, I don't know, like if they would go there, but I would love to see poison ivy because I want to see a poison ivy Harley, frankly. Um, yeah, I'm surprised she wasn't in the Birds of Prey movie, if I'm honest. Yeah, same. Well, that was a big missed opportunity. But... Yeah, it really was. I can't imagine them doing something like Mad Hatter. I can't imagine them doing stuff like uh, Catman or Man Bat. But I, I mean, it's the same. It's a shame because stuff like Calendar Man would fit into this universe. Stuff like Calculator would fit into this universe. Clue Master would fit into this. Like, but they almost have morphed Riddler into those characters in the way they've been using yeah. the comic book. So you'd just be using you'd be using them the same way like you'd just use Riddler in future films so because Calendar Man was in Suicide Squad wasn't he who <laughs> was he <laughs> yeah James that. Gunn brother James Gunn's brother plays him he's in the uh, scene okay. he's got like the the months all tattooed around his head oh uh, yeah <sighs> sure but I mean the same way they use Calendar Man in um uh fucking what's it the same way they use Calendar Man in uh, Long Halloween as like the the kind of um uh, yeah, the Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal Lecter, thank you, character. I could have seen him doing in this film, like you said, but it probably would have been Joker. Well, they did. They but... shot one with Joker, yeah. That's what I mean, it. yeah. Like you were saying, it probably would have been Joker, but it would have been nice to them to nod to Long Halloween and actually have it as Calendar Man. But Long Halloween's so fucking yeah. good, so just, you know, watch Long Halloween or read Long Halloween. Don't watch this animated film. <laughs> anyway, I've rambled on. Sorry, I took us to another tangent. Like, 
Yeah, so what are we talking about when we're back again? I think we're going to be back with All Quiet at the Western Front. I think we've announced this before. So <laughs> I'll announce it again that we're expecting to do All Quiet at the Western Front next. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Yeah, totally. All right, I haven't done this sign-off in a while, so let's see if I can do it. Uh, well, thank you very much for listening, and uh, we'll be back soon with All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, please don't forget uh, to follow us on Twitter. We are at Adjust Your Track. That's with a YR, not a your. Don't forget to subscribe on whatever you listen to us on, be that Spotify, uh, uh, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. And yeah, don't forget, if the pitch is bad, always adjust your tracking. <laughs>